warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right, yeah, episode uh, 198. Jake, are we taking next week off? Is that what we're doing? Yes. It's next week. We're taking next week off, and then we'll be back the following week for 199 and then 200 Okay, I got it. All Unless right. you want to do something, like, fancy and do it on, like, a Thursday or something weird. No, I mean, I, I've told everybody that we're going to be doing uh, 200 on September 3rd. Oh, that works. That works. So nothing fancy. So keep <laughs> No cute stuff. Keep your fancy bullshit out of this <laughs> podcast. How about that? How about we do that? All right, sounds good. Yeah, all right, yeah. It's not just me and you this week. Uh, we are joined by two special guests this week. Uh, wanted to first introduce from StartCast, Mr. Joe Stark. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. How you been? I've been really good, dude. Um, I was excited to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know if our next guest that I'm going to introduce was going to be on this week. So I had you come on. I don't want you to feel like a backup, Joe. I wanted to have you back with Jake because I haven't gotten that <laughs> dynamic yet. I haven't got. I got you and Frank that one time. So That's right. uh, yeah. So now I got. Now I got to give you the Jake experience. But joining us uh, this week is Ben Ryan. Ben Ryan, welcome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for welcoming me, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, Jake. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> You're nervous. Oh, that's cute, man. It is cute. <laughs> it's just us. Right. It's just us. It's just us. I know. We're just yeah, talking that's what about. I'm worried about. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We're just talking about the things that we love and the things that we enjoy. Nothing to be nervous about. Oh my gosh. See now. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I might have just to. Just for the record, I tougher wear the homecoming, but. Whatever, you know. What? Did you, I was, see, I, was, I don't know why this I was rooting for Dan. 
<laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I know a lot of people did. I mean, it was a, it was a beloved movie. No, I it's, wasn't saying it to start an argument. I was just saying like. I really liked it, but I listened to it and I was like, "Damn, Brian, fucking ripping into this movie." Oh, just and he me. Likes it. Just me. Just oh, oh, you're gonna call me out on that shit. You're one of no, those. And, and Jake as well. I didn't, I didn't say more, anything bad about it. You're more brutal, I think. Like when you like you dissect something, you really like rip into it. Yeah. That's why, like, I'm like, Brian, don't piss Brian off. Ah, uh, see, <laughs> see, now that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, oh, he liked it, but man, he's gonna tear it apart. Yeah, I liked it. It's it's a cute little movie, but it didn't change my it didn't like blow my dick off. It wasn't like an amazing like oh my god. And you know what? It's not blowing audiences away apparently because it's not like the highest grossing Spider Man movie ever. Uh, I think it's no. uh, it's barely barely just beating Amazing Spider Man two. I think and I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's any problem with the movie. I think it's just the fact that people are kind of burnt out on Spider Man right now because it's been rebooted three times. So definitely. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It seemed like people were really hyped for it, though, for a moment. Like after the Civil War, it felt like the hype was real again. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was kind of surprising that the this kind of flattened so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, if people were so, if people were so enamored with this movie, though, Jake, it would have got the second and third and fourth viewings that Wonder Woman's getting, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's hardly the be all end all Spider Man movie. I mean, Ben, you Tupperware it, but. Where does it rank in all the Marvel movies? Is it top three? Do you, do you mean Fox, everything, or just MCU, sir? Just MCU. Just the MCU. 14. It's nowhere near anywhere like in the top three for me, Spider-Man, all right. like, MCU. All right. And I, so think Wonder Woman's, I actually think Wonder Woman's better than Homecoming, but yeah. I think Homecoming's a much better movie than the Garfield ones because I think he's a better Spider-Man, Tom Holland. And I'm looking forward to the future. I'm optimistic it's going to get better. Hey, hey, you, hey! You know what? You're you're preaching to the choir here. I believe Tom Holland's probably, um, in my opinion, Tom Holland's a great Spider-Man. I'm. In a yeah, lot of I way, think he's the best casting since Tony Stark with, uh, with Downey. He's Jr. fantastic. The problem I had was just some of the choices that they made in the film. I just felt like that. I, I I didn't get those Rosemary Harris sit down talks yeah. with Peter that I love. I mean, there's certain emotional. For me, Spider-Man's an emotional character for me. He's the only Marvel superhero that's ever made me cry while reading a comic book. Yeah, yeah, put, put the tissues away, whatever, I'm a big puss, right? No, I, I agree. Yeah. No, I've cried in comics, Spider-Man one. Spider-Man's my favorite hero of all time. Yeah, Uncle... Hydra Cat, maybe. Agree. I mean, Uncle Ben's not coming back. And, like, some of that stuff, when he does some of these heroic things and he thinks about Uncle Ben and why and why he's doing these heroic things... It it makes me tear up, and I just didn't get that in this one. Even though there was that scene with like you know the shit like the ceiling crashing in on him, you know, if he would have said something like, you know, like something about Uncle Ben or some, I don't know, maybe anything. It just didn't it didn't hit me. So, but hey, but hey, Aunt May was real hot, right? Yeah. Oh, Aunt May was hot. Let's fucking not, let's 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 overuse that joke, right, Jake? Oh my god! Did, did you not? The characters are so genuine in this Spider-Man movie. I think they're more genuine than they've ever been in both worlds, like all three universes. Now, I think like the most genuine Spider-Man and the most genuine like friends he has. Like, it's not perfect. You're right. Uh, I, I, it's but it's better than Amazing Spider-Man one and two. And I had such anxiety going into this movie, and I was thinking, please be good, just be better than Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, amazing, and it was. Spe- yeah, better than Amazing Spider-Man. It's not part saying one much. Is a low bar. It's a, yeah, very low bar. But I had anxiety because of Batman as well, and you know, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin, and I was like, oh, Batman Begins better be good. I always have that two film anxiety when two bad films, and then you go into a third one. I always worry about it. 
Yeah, and I don't yeah. think it needs to be depressing and really over the top and high stakes. Avengers is coming in May, and it's going to be really high stakes. Then I, I, I like a nice little calm, quiet Spider-Man. But next time, I want Spider-Man to be fucked up. I want him to be like being thrown around, Aunt May being kidnapped, like everyone. Well, see, I, I agree with you there. there high stakes next time. The, the what they're doing, the formula is interesting because if we go back and we remember, uh, what was it after? What was it? The after Avengers, the start of Phase Two was Iron Man Three, and that kicked it off. Yeah. And that movie made one point three billion dollars. They're trying to maybe help Sony out here a little bit with after Avengers Three, the first movie that's going to usher us into the next phase of Marvel is going to be Spider Man, Spider Man Homecoming Two, or whatever they're going to call it. So <sighs> that's a pretty nice little gift they're giving Sony there, don't you think? Because people are going to want to know what the state of the MCU is after the Infinity War, correct? Oh, I completely yeah, agree. Yeah. The yeah. the aftershock will still, especially if Infinity War is a fantastic movie. Yeah, which it will be. I think I can't see it being bad. So I how think, can it be bad? Yeah, I think. Well, I think it's going to be a, a nice little box office bump. Yeah, we said how can Avengers: Age of Ultron be bad? And as much <laughs> as Jake will like hold that movie up, it wasn't perfect for you, Jake. And. It wasn't. Oh, perfect. it's not a top three Marvel movie. Exactly. No. So no. we'll see what Infinity War does. I'm kind of like leaning towards everybody else, though, and saying, like, why does Thanos look like a uh, bouncer at a nightclub? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Let's put him let's put him in his proper gear and make him look like formidable. And I know the quotes they talk about how he doesn't need it because he's got the gauntlet. But God damn it, if he doesn't look cool as hell. With uh, wearing like the helmet and and all the uh, the bracelets and uh, the armor and shit, he looks awesome. Yeah, he doesn't need the horseman either. The horseman of it, the oh, the apocalypse black, or yeah, he's the, got the black. Oh, order. I forget what they're called, but that all yeah. sounds stupid to me. Yeah. I forgot what they're called as well. They do sound stupid. They're called the Black Order. So they sound they sound like they suck. Yeah. It sounds like a bunch them. of CG nonsense. Yeah, it's like they give the reason for Ant Man and Black Panther to fight someone. They'll be teaming up with Bucky to fight like two of them. And then Cap and Iron Man will be fighting Thanos with Doctor Strange and the main heroes. That's what it's for, I think. Because they can't have Thanos fighting everyone. They're going to have 46 people flying towards him. It's going to look stupid. That's, that's what I think, in my opinion. I don't know. You might disagree. Yeah, I want James Gunn to get a shot at an Avengers movie. I want an Avengers movie with the full-blown action sequences set to awesome songs. That'd be amazing. <laughs> so if this movie messes up, I think James Gunn gets the next shot. I want uh, should do. I want Edgar Sorry. Wright to have a crack at an Ant Man film, but you know, wishing one hand shit in the other, right? So uh, James Gunn actually like he's in there, like he's part of the brain trust at this point. It's not as far fetched as the Edgar Wright stuff. Edgar Wright's in, in trouble as far as working at Marvel. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just don't. I don't see James Gunn doing uh, taking over for the Russo brothers with these flagship Avengers films, um, unless. They, oh no! It's, it was definitely a dream. Wait, 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 wait! Unless they do a cosmic, another cosmic event. Okay, then I could see it happening. Yeah, maybe if there's a big, because we know the Guardians are in Infinity War. Hey, maybe welcome to Marvel news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe if they do have a big Guardian <laughs> section, they will have a, like a, a very James Gunn like song choice for that moment. Hmm. It's interesting because none of the other movies really use uh, actual songs; they all use score. Listen to Kurt Loader over here trying to fucking select songs and shit for the next Avengers film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a deep cut. <laughs> Kurt Loader. Kurt Loader. 
I'm such a, I'm uh, such a fucking '90s guy. Totally. Yeah. That's who I think of when I think of like Kurt Cobain dying or anything like oh, that. Oh, me too. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. <laughs> He's the guy that told me. Yeah. Exactly, man. I remember coming home from school, man, turning on the news, and there's Kurt Loader. Whew. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's jump into iTunes reviews this week. We just got. You know what? I do have some international iTunes reviews that Nana Pratt sent me, but I'm going to save those for a week where I don't have actual iTunes reviews. Is that? Oh, good. That's kind of fucked up. I, I sent actual iTunes reviews, like like <laughs> from our from our U.S. audience. None of, none of Nana Pratt's fake ass shit. <laughs> That was a fucked up thing for me to say. I apologize. No, it's just uh, I've got some international iTunes reviews that I can read. It's just uh, I'm going to read this one. It comes from Stephanie Says, but I'm going to read it after I play this fucking bumper that gets us, in, uh, gets us in a good mood, I guess. I don't know. Where is it? iTunes reviews. Here we go. It's one star five. This first one comes from Stephanie Says. It's a five-star review, and it's titled, If You Don't Make Time for This Podcast, You'll Regret It. Uh, I've been listening for about six months now, and the only thing that bothers me is I didn't start listening sooner. For someone who hasn't read a lot of comic books but likes comic book movies and TV shows, this podcast is perfect. Brian and the Leftovers do a great job at reviewing movies. TV shows, and everything else pop culture geek-related. They also provide great background information for someone like me who hasn't read the comics but wants to know as much about the characters' backstories as I can. I have even picked up a few comics to read so I can be more well-rounded on the topics they discuss. The banter is funny and the laughs never stop coming. This podcast will get a Tupperware from me each and every time. So that comes from Stephanie Says. Oh, that's a very generous review. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's nice. I like that review. No, I liked it a lot, too. Yeah. Hey, you know. So, yeah, you, you know us, though. We're just jaded. You hear something like that, and you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we've heard it all before. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, we've, we, we've let the fame get to our head, Jake. <laughs> raking, all, raking in all that one-up box money like we do every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, it's pouring in. You know, this is the first time we've had Ben on the show. Ben, what's your experience been listening to Pop Culture Leftovers? And tell us a little bit about yourself. I feel like a dick. I had Matt Kirby on. Had Matt Kirby on the show, and we just jumped into the episode. Didn't ask Matt anything about himself. Like, hey, Matt, tell our listeners about yourself. No, I just jumped right into the fucking show. Dove right in. No <laughs> for right. I don't care. Well, we had a lot to cover, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit. Hey, Ben. Matt info wasn't really at the top of the list. That's true. Hey, Ben, it's up to you. If you want to cover yourself and talk about yourself, you can. I don't want to put you on the spot because you were like all nervous and shit, like a timid little fucking deer and shit at the beginning of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. All worried about yeah. Brian going to pick on me this episode and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you berate me about fucking Spider-Man fucking a month later. Yeah. No, I think no, I think I was all right when I was talking about Spider Man. I wasn't attacking you. <laughs> I know you're no. fine. I'm fucking with you. No, I'm all right. Uh, I, even, I just like pretty much what you guys like really. Like I watch all the same stuff you watch, read comics, play video games like Frank. Like 
pretty much a mixture of all you three. And probably like Joe, what Joe likes as well. Listen to That's you. That's about it, really, yeah. Fucking, you're like the uh, physical embodiment of a PCL Stepford wife. What the fuck? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like an LMD, PCL LMD. Yeah. All right, whatever you guys like, I'm into. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I do like Age of the Shield, by the way. But I'll forgive you. Uh, right. That must be something Joe likes. <laughs> I did like the Ghost Rider stuff. I, I, the LMD I, I stuff was really good. That, so I didn't watch the LMD. Things. You should have seen the LMD stuff. It was the best stuff. Oh, cool. every, yeah, that's a, a classic Agents of Shield fan. Hey, you should have seen this. <laughs> should've, should've you should have started in season three. Yeah. Hey, remember all that stuff you missed? That's the good stuff. Yeah. yeah I, know. <laughs> I was busy My watching defense. Game of Thrones for the third time. <laughs> yeah, I've seen Game of Thrones twice, so I'm, I'm waiting for the, tonight's episode, but we don't get it to tomorrow. Ouch. Oh, yeah. I'm so ready for the next episode. See, uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister uh, falling into the water there. Uh, the, what I'm hearing is, like, people are talking about how it's a deep pool. I'm hearing it was deceptively shot and that he's only a few feet deep. Yeah, I think I think he'll just end up being a, a POW at this point. Yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I don't, the, the show's not going to miss an opportunity to have uh, the two brothers right. in a scene again. I was uh, I was listening to nerd porn with Aaron Claude Miller, and he was like, "Wouldn't it be amazing if the next episode starts off and you got Jamie Lannister waking up and he's on the back of the fucking dragon strapped to it?" You know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm more worried about the fate of Braun. I know Jamie's okay. Yeah, but I love I love me some Braun. I don't want I don't want a fast cut to Braun's death. Yeah, yeah. we, we got to have some. You think that's die. who knocked Jamie into the water? Yeah, yes, it, is. it very much. It had that was my thought as well. It was. It totally was. Do you think they both ended up in the water then? Yeah, but the camera doesn't care about Braun. That's true. So we we don't know. We know less about what happened to him than we did about Jamie. Poor Braun. What a great episode last week, right? Wasn't it? it? The best episode of the whole series. (laughs) Totally. So amazing. So amazing. Game of Thrones has been just amazing this episode. A lot of people are complaining about how, like, things are happening now. And it's like, this is what we've been begging for. Shut up. Yeah, oh my I've I never had that episode right up with Hard Home, and then that further makes me say I cannot wait until we see some dragons versus whites. Oh, yeah, it's it's better than dragons versus whites though because it, it's with so many characters that we're so invested in, and that's that kind of what made it. That's kind of what made it so great. Like I, it was just so crazy. I've never watched TV like that where I was kind of rooting for both sides. Like when oh, you're Braun is. To. Yeah, you're, they, they got me, hook, yeah. line, and sinker. You know, I was cheering for Braun, and then he shoots the fucking dragon, and I'm gasping in horror. I was like, yeah, yeah. just a second ago, I was cheering for the guy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. That that whole scene with him, like, uh, using the uh, the spear that to kill the dragon, you know, that gun. The scorpion. The scorpion. It just reminded me of The Hobbit, though. No, right? I never saw it, thankfully. It just reminded me. I think it was the second Hobbit movie where they're going after Smog. And yeah, it just reminded me a lot of that. But other than that, I I loved the episode. I love seeing Arya finally taking on Brienne. Not finally, but it happened, and it was amazing. Yeah. Incredible! It was amazing. So yeah, yeah, best Arya we've had in seasons. Oh, like finally, thank, thank none of the God. goofy House of Black and White crap. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was cool because she you saw her fighting as the embodiment of how that water dancer guy from the first season was starting to teach her. You know, oh, like yeah, he yeah. must move like water. And so you were seeing like 
that Bravos fighting style against the Westeros fighting style. It was incredible. It was so cool. Is everybody hating yeah. Bran? Is everybody is every is it just is it is everybody hating Bran at this point or what it <laughs> The audience or, or the characters? Audience. Oh. oh yeah, he's not a he's not a easy character to be a fan of, and he never really has been. So yeah. <laughs> he's lost all social graces. Yeah, I mean <laughs> What was it? The three-eyed raven? The guy that was a three-eyed raven before him was, like, not this fucking awful either, you know? I mean, he's just... he's There's yeah. no humanity left in him. That's a hard character to like in any fantasy. Like, the, where you've got the character where the trope is that they give exposition by having visions, it's always something that makes me get a little bit, like, checked out. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> Kill Brian off as fast as possible. <laughs> They're gonna keep him around for a while. We still. Who's gonna Who's gonna tell uh, you know uh, John Snow that he's a Targaryen? It's gonna be him or uh, yeah. the only other guy that was around that hasn't been around since like season one. So. The question is, will it happen before or after he has sex with his cousin? Oh God! <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're in gonna Game do of that Thrones. anyway. Does it matter in Game of Thrones? No, no. I mean, you have been the Navy. Oh man! Yeah, he's Cersei gonna... said in the first season that the Targaryens used to marry within their own family. Yeah. When she's making excuses to Eddard about why she, her and Jamie are getting it on. Yeah. I uh, I love the uh, the the drawing of the White Walkers in the in the cave, and I know everybody else thought this too, but I did as well. I was like, John just fucking drew that five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that all that all matches up with the stuff we saw in the very first episode. But yeah, the truth and is, the, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying that the White Walkers had lined up the bodies in those same patterns in the very first episode of the series. Yeah, the showrunners admitted that that's actual. John didn't draw that in the cave. That that's actual. Those are actual <laughs> cave drawings. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, so, uh, you guys want to move into uh, some good pop, bad pop? Sure. Yeah. Only one iTunes review. Yeah, I've got the the international ones that I'll read next week if we didn't if we don't get any further ones because Nana Pratt wrote a new one and then we've got like ten others that are from England which are pretty awesome. So, all right, they no hate, dude, dude. Sometimes I like to be the heel. They like me way more. <laughs> they no listeners like me way more over there than they do here. I should give like all my love to England. I'm telling you, dude. Oh my yeah. god, like. Like a lot of the lot of the iTunes reviews from over there are very flattering towards me. Like the U.S. hates me, but man, fucking England loves me. So I might be like Johnny Depp and like defect over the, not to England, like he did over to France or some shit. But I'm I'm just I'm gonna move over to England. They love me over there. Yeah, yeah I don't blame you. You got a low approval rating here. Get out. I know. <laughs> uh, ben, is this true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dan likes you. I like you. My friend likes you. He listens to the podcast. So there's three. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I heard they have Brian Fest over there. They've had it for three years running now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. There's only one stall, though. This episode like... is the first inaugural episode of Jake's Live Fest. Fucking liar. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah, li this is not my first lie at PCL. <laughs> Jake is turning heel tonight. <laughs> All right. It's time for good pop, bad pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. 
Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, I got three things that I want to talk about here real quick before I hand it off to you guys and then come back and give my uh, review about uh, the new John Boyega film, Detroit. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is uh, something uh, – it's it's called Welcome to Tate's, and it's, it's an online YouTube series, and Aaron Claude Miller from Nerd Porn was involved in this. And he's done some, he was like the director of photography. He directed an episode and it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's his friend Nate who made this and it's, it's a movie about, it's a comic book store called Tate's that's down there in Florida. And one of the guys gets a job there. He loses his girlfriend. She tells him to go get a job. He gets a job at Tate's and he disturbs the infinity gauntlet that they have in the back room. And all these super villains invade Tate's. And each week, I, it sounds, I've only been, I'm only two episodes in, but like the first episode, you're introduced to Dr. Doom. The second introduced, you're, you know, introduced to Scarecrow and the, and the, the fear gas and stuff like that. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I think it's really cool. And just the fact that Aaron's involved with this is, is really awesome. So I'm going to give it a Tupperware. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Welcome to Tate's. You can also, subscribe to them and everything they do uh if you do a search for going nowhere show and they also have a it's like a 30 to 40 minute show called uh what's it called geek geek court i believe ah i'm horrible with it but i watched uh one episode of the geek court where like they debate each other on different topics and i watched the one where they debated on whether ben affleck was a good batman or not that was really cool. And then they also do like geek, uh, what do they do? It uh, Geek trivia, which is really cool. Aaron, I watched the episode where Aaron was going up against another guy named Nakia. And yeah, uh, I actually watched that too. Yeah. I, I had a lot of that fun was a with lot it. Of fun. Yeah. So it's really cool what those guys are doing over there. So go to YouTube and subscribe to going nowhere show. Definitely watch welcome to Tate's and check out some of the other shit they're doing there. I think it's a Tupperware and just knowing that these guys have been, you know, like Aaron's been on this show before and, and he's been, he's been a big help to us. And, um, so I want to help them out because I think this is really cool. So definitely check it out. It's a Tupperware from me. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is I watched Colossal. Have you guys heard about this movie? I'm sure Shooty's. Yeah. 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 I, I really want to see this. I'm excited to hear what you think. I, uh, man, it was like, I'd say about two thirds into the movie, it was like, it was like I'm on the fence with it. It was like a high taste it to a Tupperware. It's a Tupperware at the end of the day because there's nothing else like this out there. It's with Jason Sudeikis and Anne Hathaway. It's about uh, Gloria, an out-of-work party girl forced to leave her life in New York City and move back home. When reports surface that a giant creature is destroying soul, she gradually comes to the realization that she is somehow connected to this phenomenon. So – Basically, there's this giant creature that attacks Seoul, Korea every morning at like 8.05, and she's connected to it. This, I'm not going to give too much away. You just need to watch Colossal. It is a Tupperware. There's nothing else like this. Jason Sudeikis plays a different type of character than I've ever seen him play before. 
I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a, it's a drama mixed in with a, a kaiju film. It's, it's unreal. So I highly <laughs> recommend that you check out Colossal. It's definitely a uh, Tupperware. Last thing I want to talk about real quick is, uh, Jake, you told everybody a couple weeks ago that you've been watching this new anime called My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. I knocked it out in two fucking days. Nice. Yeah, well, not, well, the first season. The second season hasn't been released here in the U.S. I, I think there's 13? Wait, wait, there's... It's there. It's there. You just didn't click on the... Uh, the Funimation has a really bizarre navigation. Okay, so you the second... You have to bring a drop-down menu down to change it from season one to season two. Okay, so season two is available. It, it's there, yeah. Okay, well, I just finished season one today at around five o'clock, an hour before we started recording. Uh, I love it, man. Uh, if you can't tell, I finished it in two days. I absolutely love it. This is – how far are you into it, Jake? Well, I've read the first three um, books, and it, I've only watched the first four episodes. It's not further than what I've read yet. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I My Hero Academia is an absolute Tupperware. I love each of these characters. And, I mean, what's his name? The Kid. Oh, I can't remember his name either. Uh, All Might's his hero that he worships, but what's the kid's name, the main kid's name? Yeah, Mira, it's like Miradia or something like that. Medea? Yeah. Is it Medea? Is it, is it Tyler Perry? Is, it, is he Tyler Perry? <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading so much manga lately that the names are hard to keep straight. Yeah, I don't know. The kid's great. I love it. I love this fucking show, dude. I love... All the different characters that they set up in this. Um, I love the school that he goes to. The last, I'd say... Th- Azuku. Azuku. It's Azuku Miyadira or whatever. They call him Deco is, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. That is correct. Yeah. Man, I love it, dude. This is great. If people aren't watching this, this is fantastic. This kid is, like you said, um, 80% of the world has what's called these quirks. And these are superpowers that they have. And 20% of the people don't. They're just quirkless. They don't have any of these powers, and this kid doesn't have these powers, and uh, it's really cool. Almighty uh, is one of my favorite superheroes now. I love this guy. Like I, I didn't. All might. Know, All might. I didn't know if I could trust this guy at the beginning. Like he has my trust towards the end of this series. I, I love this guy. I think he's one of the all-time great. And like he's 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 hurting. Like his powers are are are. He's suffering. But he still yeah. he still is doing what he can to keep the world safe. He's this this show is just, you got to watch. Art style it. is really cool. Art too. style's I think great. The, uh, yeah, the contrast between what All Might looks like when he's superhero All Might yeah. and when he's powered down is just really shocking. Yeah, yeah. You ever see the Max? Did you ever watch that? Oh yeah, I love that. It kind of looks like the way he like when he gets all weak and shit. He kind of looks like the Max a little bit. <laughs> I, I yeah, he, it definitely changes his like yeah. stature and everything. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I give it a Tupperware. I'm still trying to process it all because I I literally watched like one like one episode last night and like the, all the rest today. So I haven't had a lot of time to think about it. Other than that, I absolutely loved it and could not stop watching. It's that addictive. It's amazing yeah. how people will. And I'm not, I'm not knocking it. People will watch these DC animated films hoping that they're great, you know, and we get some bad ones. Like, you know, we get like, you know, the killing joke, which 
that animated movie a lot of people didn't like. And there's been some of these DC animated films that people were like, man, I just want another great Batman. Give me another great Batman cartoon. Give me another. It's like watch some of these animes that are on Funimation and Crunchyroll. Like, yeah, they're they're doing stuff that we're just not doing. Yeah. They're, they're doing original stories. Yes. And they're creating brand new characters, like properties. Yes, they're not just utilizing something that's popular. Right, absolutely. That's that's what makes it so good. Yeah, I mean, I know we all want that next hit of great Batman animation. I know we want it, man. We're fucking like comic book junkies and shit. But there's there's other great things out there. My Hero Academia is one of them. Uh, Go watch One Punch Man. Go watch Erased. Erased is one of my all-time favorite animes that I've watched. And albeit I haven't watched that many animes, it's still it's still fantastic. So I highly recommend this. This Jake, I'm glad that you made the suggestion and I was hooked literally from episode one. Yeah, episode one is really strong. I um I got into this because I, I read that weekly Shonen Jump and yeah. they actually started doing this every week in it. And they started with uh, part fifty six and I bought the books I needed to read to be caught up with it because yeah. just reading part 56 was so intriguing. I was like, okay, I want to be able to read this every week and be in on the story. Some of the kids powers in this school are really cool. And some of them are absolutely worthless. <laughs> yeah. There's the it's, one, really, it's really fun. <laughs> there's one kid who has, he's like really short and he has like these purple balls on his head and these purple balls just stick to things. They don't explode. They don't release a toxin. They don't do anything. They just stick to things. And, you know, they're going around the room trying to figure out, like, what everybody's powers are because they're surrounded by villains. And this kid's like, well, I can th- throw these these purple balls and I can throw as many as I want to and they stick to stuff. But if I throw too many, I bleed. And like they just kind of look at him like, what a <laughs> yeah, shitty it. power. It it really reminds me a lot of what, like, Morrison was trying to do when he was doing X-Men, just really explore with power sets and not necessarily ones that are even very useful at all. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are – some of the powers are amazing. Like, there's the one kid who's, like, kind of like the pyro kid. You got the other guy who can freeze stuff and heat shit up. Um, I mean, there's there's some really cool characters that they introduce into this too, but there's some ones – that just have some really shitty powers that are really funny. I I love it. I think everybody should at least like do the Funimation thing free for like a month and check out some of these shows like My Hero Academia and like Erased and some of these. They're they're really good. So yeah, there's some good stuff. I'm gonna turn you on to the uh, Food Wars next. Food Wars. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's a crazy cooking competition anime. <laughs> I am done with uh, everything. I'll get back to Detroit here in a second, but uh, let's move on to somebody else. Who wants to jump in here for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Um, I got Guardians 2 on digital this week when it came out on Monday. Yeah. And I've already had a chance to watch all the special features on it. And just rating those on the aside, I'm going to give those kind of a low taste it, I think. So I thought it was a little bit, as much as I love the movie and it's still a Tupperware and my favorite Marvel movie, I was kind of disappointed by the packaging that came with the actual movie. Maybe like 35 minutes of featurettes about making the movie. There's like a four minute gag reel and about eight minutes of deleted scenes. And that's about all you really get. And I was kind of disappointed by that. I was really excited to get like four to six hours of behind the scenes Guardians of the Galaxy 2 stuff and thought it was a little bit 
bare bones when it came to that. Hmm. So, kind of disappointing. And the deleted scenes weren't all that great. I mean, you could obviously see why they were deleted. Um, there is a commentary by James Gunn, and that's the only thing I haven't watched. So that's very nice, I'm sure, and I'm excited to watch that. But just as far as behind-the-scenes stuff, kind of lacking. Is it just James Gunn? He's not joined by anybody? No, it's just just Gunn. Uh, it would be nice if he, was been, if he was joined by, like, Rooker or something. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Cool. So, but yeah, that's all I got. Low, low taste it, just on the special feature side of things. Right on. Well, what else you guys got? You guys got anything? Yeah, I got a um, couple trades in the mail this weekend that I've been going through. Um, I got Paper Girls Volume 3 by Brian K. Vaughn. Nice. And art by Cliff Chang. Uh, every new volume of this that comes out, I'm just more and more into this story. I remember when I read Volume 1, I read it twice because I was like, what the fuck did I just read? It's this great time travel story with these uh, girls who were delivering newspapers in the 80s. And this volume three, it's pretty cool because it follows them back to like the prehistoric era. And they meet some side characters in there that uh, one from that time period and then another from way into the future. And so there was some pretty cool uh, developments in this one. And I can't wait to see where Brian K. Vaughn's going to take this. this Paper Girls 3 was a total Tupperware for me. Such a great um, book. I love that book. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I picked it up out of my, my new book file and literally just stood in my bedroom next to my dresser and read the entire thing while standing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even move from that spot. And, and like, so, you know, I did the same thing when I read like Old Man Logan and yeah. um, couple volumes of saga it right it, it ranks right up there with with just one of the best trades that i've read i'm in the, yeah, I read a lot of trades i'm in the paper girls <laughs> fan club so i they sent me <laughs> yes a, i saw that postcard yeah. you got it was fantastic they sent me jealous. first they sent me a uh membership card so i've got a paper girls membership card and then uh <laughs> out of nowhere just like last week i got a uh, postcard from them which is really cool that's, so that's too cool man yeah and then i've also started spawn origins uh volume one um, I was always familiar with the Spawn character. There was a guy I went to school with that ju- he was just covered in these excellent Spawn tattoos back in the early 90s. And uh, so, But this is the first time I've ever actually read the book. And so far, the, the art and the color in this book is just blowing me away. And you think an that guy 90s, still appreciates those Spawn tattoos? <laughs> probably there was pride and joy when he got them back then. Yeah, yeah. He had like six Spawn tattoos and almost no teeth. I knew a so guy that, that had... Was, I knew a guy that had like a spawn tattoo on like his calf and it was absolutely amazing. It was a really cool tat, so yeah. I, I really wanted the I really wanted the spawn tattoo, but I'm glad I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, there is pride and joy. <laughs> so. I'm loving reading the book though. Um uh occasionally I'll go back and pick up titles from the early nineties. I did that with uh Exo Manowar and um I was thinking there was a couple others, but um, sometimes you can you can feel a little dated when you read those yeah. older books. And there's sections of Spawn where it kind of almost puts me in mind of Dark Knight Returns, where it's kind of switching to like the the different news stations where you know where you can see like the more liberal talk and the more conservative talk, and they're all giving their opinions on what's going on. Oh, that's yeah, that's definitely an homage to Dark Knight Returns. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. But um, I'm two or three how many issues, issues into it so far. How many issues are in that trade? Oh, let's see. I think it's the first five. Oh, it's wow, the first a, five or six. 
That's a tiny trade. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. a lot of these image trades are pretty skinny, but you know, it's it's not that expensive either. I mean, the retail price on it's fourteen ninety nine. I got it off Amazon Prime, so I know I got it way cheaper than that. I'm surprised you can't just get like fifty issues of Spawn in one just giant omnibus for a pretty fair cheap price. I probably could have done that if I'd have gone that route, but for me, I can rationalize buying like a whole bunch of nine dollar books rather than buying like one forty dollar book or something like I'm that. I'm with you there. It's like I like I'll. You're kind of taste testing it, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've done. Like I've, I've bought like a few like, okay, I'll buy the first trade of this to see if I like it and if I'll stick with it. Cause I've heard great things. So it's like, that's what I did with like Rachel Rising. That's what I did with some like other, some other books that are out there. And if I like them, then I'll, then I'll pick up the next trade or, or, uh, some of them don't have omnibuses though, but you know that Spawn definitely is going to, but it's yeah, definitely. Be. Yeah, and once uh once McFarlane stops drawing, which is actually pretty early on, it's uh, Greg Capullo who takes over. Oh, excellent! Yeah, I'll, I'm going to keep buying these Origins books. Nice, that's cool. Yeah, you should enjoy it. It'll be a lot of fun until you get to about issue sixty and you're tired of it. <laughs> right on. I'm also trying to collect all the Invincible trades, and I think I have to get up to like twenty eight or something like that. In that, uh, that's one of the first book. five of those so far. I've always wanted to start that one. I've really been enjoying it. It's a unique take on superhero books, and the art in it is very good. Uh, the story does not quite go in a way that you would expect it when you're used to reading lots of superhero books, so it's a really yeah. fresh take. Yeah, and, Kirkman said he's going to end this one soon. He said he's going to be ending The Walking Dead. He sees an ending for that one here shortly, and then um, I don't know if he's still writing Outcast, but like, is he getting out of – I can't see him getting out of comics altogether. I just see him starting new things. He's starting yeah. a new imprint. Yeah. And so I wonder if it's because he wants to have new launches, you know, where he's going to get rid of these titles where he's had readers for years. And so they're going to be stoked to read the next thing that Kirkman does. And then, hey, it also happens to be on this new imprint, which he wants to have successful sales on. Yeah. Didn't he sign some deal recently with some, some other TV network? Amazon. AFC? Amazon. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, uh, all future stuff is coming out on Amazon. Outcast was uh, released on Cinemax. So, you know, that's kind of – I was surprised that, you know, that they were coming out with Outcast on Cinemax and that wasn't like another AMC kind of like venture, you know, for him. So, yeah, but he's <laughs> uh, he's exclusive with uh, Amazon now. And then I think Netflix – Netflix bought Mark Millar's Millar World. So anything, Yeah, that's a pretty big coup for them too. There's a yeah. lot of material there. Oh, yeah, they can do – Tons of stuff with all the things that Mark Millar has done. So, yeah, I don't know. And they might not do a lot with it. They might just have it to have it, you know? So who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ah, knowing Mark Millar, though, he's probably going to push for stuff to get done. Yeah, sure. He's a go-getter, that guy. Yeah. All right, Ben, do you got anything for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Um, I haven't really like, been watching anything apart from like, Game of Thrones. And uh, I've been watching... Um, we were rewatching a British comedy called Friday Night Dinner. I don't know if you guys have uh, heard of it or not in the UK. In the US, it's a UK show. What's it Made called? Made by the Inbetweener guys. What's it called? Friday Night Dinner. No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's made either. by it's made by um, these people that made a show called The Inbetweeners. Oh, I love The Inbetweeners. Oh my god. You love the Inbetweeners. Yes, I love the Inbetweeners. Inbetweeners is like okay. one of my favorite comedies, and the movies were fucking hilarious too. 
So that's, uh, that's awesome. You well, you might like this because the guy that plays Will in the Inbetweeners, yeah, he's one of the main characters in this show. Uh, there's like 25 episodes. It's finished now, but it's like a British show, so you know, like they don't really like yes. stick around on anyway, which is perfect. They're always short. Yeah, yeah, but they're good. Every episode I feel is funny. Like some are funnier than others, but it's like the the premise of it is these two Jewish boys. They're, they're quite young. They're like in the twenties, like young, like early twenties. Go to their uh, mum and dad's house every Friday. For Jewish dinner like on Friday night and uh, without fail every week something really stupidly over the top will happen to them where like they have to evacuate the house or this this crazy neighbour comes around every week with his dog and he, and he like always turns up when they're about to eat dinner or they got the crazy auntie coming around or some guy comes around to buy a sofa and he ends up getting stuck on the stairs with it and it's like you think like why would this happen every week to this little family in East London it shouldn't be happening to him, but it is. It's just for like dramatic for like effect. It's really, really stupid. I don't want to tell you too much about it. Yeah. You like the Inbetweeners. I love the Inbetweeners. Oh my god! It, if you guys have not seen the Inbetweeners, I think you can watch all four seasons on Netflix, and it is fucking hilarious. Ben, they tried to do the Inbetweeners here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, like a yeah, few years I, ago, I and it was on MTV, and it was not good. And <laughs> <laughs> but if you watch the Inbetweeners on Netflix, and then they have both movies there on Netflix too, it, it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. It is so fucking hilarious. I love it. it it's is. like yeah. it's like you, it gives you like all those awkward moments from high school, like you know, um, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, liking the girl, um, and you know, just all the stupid things that you would do in high school. It, I mean, there's the episode where they go to the, uh, oh, Jake would love this episode where they go to the amusement park. That episode's <laughs> oh, nice. And I love yeah. fucking Will's, Will's, uh, who, oh, whose car is it? That fucking little yellow car is awful. Simon's car. Simon's, Simon's car. car. Yes. <laughs> I, I, the in-betweeners is fucking hilarious. Like if you, uh, if you liked, um, super bad here in the U S like this is like uh super bad for like It's a British American pie. That's yeah, why I exactly yes. Perfect. Oh nice. A British American pie. Yes. With it, British humor and British boys like like dorky British kids and they get bullied every day. When like this bully walks past the guy, he's a nerd with his briefcase. They go, Briefcase wanker and they like, push him into lockers. <laughs> uh, the principal. The principal's a fucking bully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone even the teachers <laughs> they bully them. Uh, fucking funny though. Yeah, I Tupperware the fuck out of the in betweeners and so yeah, when- I would. When I have I Tupperware uh, Friday night dinner, Brian, you should check it out. I think you'll like it. If I can find it, I absolutely will. I don't know if they have it. Uh, if I can, I can, if, I can sort it. I can sort it out for you. Like, I can sort it out. That would somewhere. be amazing because I would watch the fuck out of it because I love the dude that plays Will. He cracks me the hell up. So yeah. it's different, kind of, but it's really stupid, like over the top humor. Yeah, no, I love it then. I leave just like you'll like it it's like it's just like that well the first in-betweeners movie was the biggest movie i think it was like the biggest comedy box office wise in england ever yeah it was yeah it was, it huge. was really huge it was sure, fucking huge it came out. yeah so it got I, bigger as well that's what's crazy about it. no one heard of it in the first season yeah and then everyone started talking about it and then the second season it blew up and then it went for like another two after that yeah i couldn't believe that it went for as many they were gonna quit it after like season three and then it came back yeah, for was. a four season so and two movies as well. And two so fucking movies, yes. Off. And the movies, I was like, the second movie can't be good. Come on. The first movie was amazing. Second movie can't be good. And the second movie cracked me the fuck up too. 
So yeah, that pool, the pool scene is something. Is something to watch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seen something else. <laughs> oh man, oh so good. You guys need to watch. Get on this. I think I think all four seasons are on Netflix. It's fucking hilarious. You will thank me. Like I told everybody to watch Freaks and Geeks, and they watched Freaks and Geeks, and they all loved it. Watch fucking yeah, Inbetweeners right. on Netflix. You will thank me. It is fucking hilarious. Right on. It is. Yeah. It's still on Netflix too. I hope Check. so. It was last time I checked, man. And both movies were there right as now. well. So, um, last thing that I want, thank you, Ben. I'm glad you brought that up. Friday night dinner. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to check that out because I, yeah, I'll find out a way of yeah. getting it to you. Uh, thank you. Out, like, I'll get it. Final thing I want to talk about, and then we're going to take a quick break here is I went and saw Detroit. Uh, Detroit is about, uh, it's a, based on the true story, the police raid in Detroit, July 25th. 1967 results in one of the largest race riots in United States history. The story is centered around the Algiers Motel incident, which occurred in Detroit, Michigan on July 25th, 1967, during the racially charged 12th Street riot. It involves the death of three black men and the brutal beatings of nine other people, seven black men and two white women. Uh, this movie is directed by Catherine Bigelow, who uh, also she directed The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, and Point Break. And then it's written by Mark Boll. He also wrote The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. So, like, this is their third collaboration, uh, Catherine Bigelow and Mark Boll. It stars John Boyega, and we all know him from Finn as Finn from Star Wars. Uh, Will Poulter, uh, he was in The Revenant and The Maze Runner. And Algie Smith, Jacob Lattimore, Jason Mitchell, he played Easy E in Straight Out of Compton. Uh, we got Hannah Murray in here, she plays Gilly on Game of Thrones. Jack Rayner, Caitlin Deaver, Ben O'Toole, John Krasinski, uh, and Anthony Mackie from, uh, he's Falcon in the, uh, Marvel films. Uh, I'm gonna start off by saying I Tupperware this movie. This is a movie that I'm gonna recommend that people go and see. It's gonna be hard for you to recommend for your friends to go to see it because the subject matter is very heavy. It's a hard movie to kind of tell people like to, hey man, oh, you gotta go see Detroit. It's 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 a hard movie to say that about because it deals with very heavy subject matter. I mean, it's a very tense tense film. I mean, I talked a couple of weeks ago about Dunkirk and and all the tension in Dunkirk. This has tension in it, but for different reasons. And you've got Catherine Bigelow who's done like you know war films, you know, The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, and here she is doing like the riots in Detroit back in the '60s. And she makes it feel like a war film because it was basically a war zone that was going on at this time. This movie is just absolutely bizarre the way it's kind of structured. You don't get introduced to any of the main characters until you're like 20 minutes into the film. John Boyega is not even introduced into the film until 25 minutes later. Um, you start off and it kind of gives you an idea of like the landscape of like why these riots are happening and you know it gives you exposition and some you know some title cards at the beginning saying like you know you've got uh you've you've got you know black families living in detroit and uh and then you've got all this tension and and race riots and things like that going on but then you and most of the cops are white so and there was a lot of pushback for Catherine bigelow directing this because she's a white woman um Mm. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked about here on the show about how, you know, like when we had our Wonder Woman director, like, I ah, just, we don't have to have a woman directed. If a, if a woman directs it and she's great, then, then fantastic. I just want the best director for the movie. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back off that, Jake. I, I, I'm not gonna back no, off that here. No. I think they got the best director for this movie. 
I think Catherine Bigelow was the best director for this movie. I think this story wasn't being told. I never heard about the – of course I've heard about the, the riots – the race riots in Detroit, but I never knew this story of the Algiers Motel. I had never heard about it before. And Catherine Brigelow brought it to the big screen, and she did it in such a way that this movie's like two hours and 23 minutes long. And for like the first hour, well, for the first at least half hour, they're just introducing you to like this world, um, you know, like you're not, you don't even, you haven't even met any of the main characters. And then there's basically a whole hour of the movie that is just tension filled where you're in this Algiers hotel and these cops, these police officers are just basically, it's just brutal. It's there. They are trying to get information out of these people that are in this motel. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of tension in this movie anyway. These guys had a fake toy gun that they shoot out of a window of the hotel and the police and then the National Guard show up and it turns into basically where the police are supposed to be helping us. It turns into a hostage situation where the police are basically brutally beating these these black men and harassing these two white women and they're beating them too. It is a um, – it's a hard movie to talk about. I, I left the movie – there's moments where I where I cried in it. It's 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 a rough watch for me. It was a rough watch for me. But a Tupperware, I think everybody needs to see it. Um, I think it's uh, it's very um, topical to like what's going on today. I mean, here we are, 50 years later, and we're seeing in the news all the time where you know another another black child has been shot. Um, we're seeing a lot of police brutality today when it comes to these things. And I'm not saying that all police officers are like this by any stretch of the, by any stretch. There's a lot of good police officers out there and there's one that was portrayed in this movie. And, um, that scene didn't work for a lot of people. It worked for me. I was like, thank you. Finally, finally a good police officer showed up in this fucking movie. Cause I can't take, <laughs> I can't take any more of this. I can't, I can't fucking take Jake. I'm, I'm li- literally, you're in the hotel for an hour. There's an hour where these characters, their heads are up against a wall and they're just being brutally fucking tortured and talked to and talked down to and, and threatened. And it's an hour. It's an hour. You are in that room with them. You're going through this in real time with these characters. And it is a fucking, it's a gut punch. And, and, um, you know, yeah, that uh, sounds really crazy. It's hard. It sounds like a really heavy drama. And it's not like, oh, oh, it's, it's, uh, you know, you look at the poster. There's John Boyega. There's our Finn. He's going to be our protagonist in the movie. That, that is not the case here, people. Like this movie focuses on the events. And the people, the characters follow the event. The event does not follow the characters. It's not like you have John Boyega in here and he's like, he's our main character. Let's like get to know our main character when this movie starts. No, I mean, John Boyega doesn't even show up until 20 minutes later into the movie. But somehow this movie worked for me. And I think it's a movie everybody should see. Um, I think, I think it would open up a lot of people's eyes. Um, and I mean, it's very topical to what's going on today. I'm not saying that all police officers are like this. Not, not by any stretch, guys, am I saying this. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people that do need to see this movie. And it opened my eyes to a lot of things that, um, that happened back in the Detroit riots that I didn't even know about. You know, I mean, I didn't even know about this story. This is something that I can't believe people aren't talking about, you know, to this day. It's, it's, it's an absolutely crazy story and, and how these men, 
I, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, history spoils it. You can look up the story if you want to. But um, yeah, Boyega was good. Boyega was really good. I mean, he's not. In, it's not like he's in it a lot. I mean, he's not the main character of this film. Like the the main character of this film is like the actual event that takes place. The the event just follows these different characters throughout it. And Will Poulter plays a villain like you have never seen before. This this kid, I saw him in the Maze Runner. I saw him in the Revenant, and he's a good actor. But like he really gets to like show what he can do. And this guy his. his the way his facial expressions and the way he can like manipulate his eyebrows and and the way he show he just looks like pure evil in this movie, which is like I don't think that's what they want to show from him. They were, I guess they were. I, I don't know. I think he would be he would make a great Joker. To be quite honest with you, after seeing this movie, I don't. This is a hard movie for me to talk about being like a white guy. So yeah, for sure. All I know is how it affected me. Um, <laughs> But I think like the story needed to be told. Um, I think Catherine Bigelow, she, she's not one of these directors that just takes on any project. She's done Zero Dark Thirty, The Hurt Locker, and Point Break. These are all male centric movies. She is not like, just like your, hey, you know, I'm your director. I'm going to do your romance comedy with the, with, with, uh, you know, Catherine Heigl. You know, she, she does stories that are personal to her, that she does research on, that she wants to tell stories about. And she's not a director for hire. You're not going to see her do like the next, like, you know, female centric comic book movie. She does, she's a legit director that does stories that, that, that move her. And I thought yeah, and that she, and, and, and yeah. obviously she has a little bit of her own slant on things that she wants to promote yeah 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 but i thought she did a great job directing this uh and um that's just my take and uh i i think it's a fantastic movie it's definitely worth seeing in the theater um it was just me and like two other people and um (laughs) i i left there and i was just like holy shit i can't believe what i just saw i can't believe i just once it's over you're you're kind of glad it's over because it's it really puts you into the moment of of um, these people with their heads pressed up against the wall, and you're in fear for these people. And it's it there's a literal like literally an hour where it, like it doesn't cut away. Like you are there with them in this fucking motel. Like once you get to the Algiers Motel, you are fucking being held hostage along with these characters, and it's. It's it's disgusting some of the things that happened, man. At the end of the movie, it does tell you like you know they had to, they don't know everything that was said. They don't know you know they had to they had to. It was based off of interviews and you know and things like that. But uh, I highly recommend Detroit. It is uh, it's a Tupperware all the way. So yeah, yeah, I really want to see it. I, I yeah. have a hard time seeing a movie like that in in the public in the theater. So, but I'll definitely see this as soon as I can at home. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's good. Have you guys seen the trailers for this? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I like Catherine Bigelow's films as well. So oh, isn't she great? Yeah, she's awesome. Oh, yeah. Every film. I like I like all her films. You know, I, the fucked up thing, I'm going to be 100% honest with you here. Going into the movie, I'd seen one trailer, and um, I knew I was going to watch it. Look great. But I didn't know it was Catherine Bigelow. So when I got out of the film, and I, I was doing research for the show, I was like, holy shit. This is this is a Catherine Bigelow film. I had no idea. So <laughs> that's one of those. Do you think it's too early for Oscars, do you, or do you think people remember it? Oh man, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. I 
It's one of the best movies that I've seen all year. I mean, you know, you, you're talking about some of the best movies that I've seen all year. I'm going to say Baby Driver. I'm going to say Dunkirk. And I'm going to say Detroit. I'm going to put it right up there. I hope it's remembered in those Oscar conversations at the end of the year. It definitely needs to be remembered. I mean, you know, this well, is... Once Justice League comes out, nothing stands a chance. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning movie. It is. It won for it the it won for makeup <laughs> and costume design, Jake. Yeah. Oh, so. Canada does it. Oh, everyone yeah. disappeared on me. Huh? Hello? You guys there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, here. I'm here, Jake. What the fuck is going on? Jake said he can't hear anyone. I don't think Jake can hear anyone. You there, Jake? All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break and get Jake back. I think he's, uh, I think he's muffled by the sound of his own beard. <laughs> <laughs> be, be right back. Jake, welcome back. Yeah, I uh, lost you for a second. I don't know what happened. All right. Hey, does this episode suck? Yeah, it's the worst mm. episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was leaning towards suck, but I wasn't at worst ever territory yeah. yet. Yeah, it's getting there. All right, uh, let's move on into some pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster. Fuck yo. It's gangsta as fuck yo. All right, what do I got for news? I got uh, quick news. Eh, not really quick news. It was quick news, but there was more news that came out about it. The playlist has confirmed that Arnold Schwarzenegger will be appearing in Terminator 6. Yawn. <laughs> Schwarzenegger said, quote, In March next year, I am shooting Terminator 6. James Cameron and David Ellison are back on board. David Ellison is the producer for the last Terminator film, Genesis. Schwarzenegger also confirmed production on Triplets, the sequel to the 1988 studio comedy Twins, which is rumored to have uh, Eddie Murphy cast as the third brother. And he also teased the production of a third untitled Conan the Barbarian project. So I wanted to throw that out there real quick. Uh, triplets hope triplets could, could be okay. No. Yeah. One of those things where it's either going to be incredible or really terrible. Come on, Eddie Murphy. Come on. Come on. I mean, I love Danny DeVito, but I love the dude in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, that guy is killing it there. I, it's just you got Schwarzenegger past his prime, and you got Eddie Murphy, who hasn't done anything good in years, if you ask me, other than Shrek films. Yeah. I mean, that's mm -hmm. – uh, I don't disagree, but I, I'm just saying there's a little there's more potential there than any of those other things. Uh, Terminator Six I, or uh, Conan. I, Conan. I, I, Conan could be great if they do it rated R. <laughs> oh yeah. man. oh god, Stark! You just made me hard there. 
<laughs> are they? Yeah, but are they going to do that? You know, like I love those Probably first not. two. Co- yeah, yeah. Okay, and the way the the second Conan movie ended with you know King Conan on the throne, and they said like, you know, there's the, it, basically the end of that movie said like there's another story to be told, and it, and we see Conan on the throne as King Conan, and it's like he's the king, and there's nothing happening, and he's he looks bored at the end of mm-hmm. that movie, and it's like. Give me just give me a great Conan movie, but I think they've waited way too long. Like I, I probably yeah. would have wanted this maybe ten, fifteen years ago. This is just what the Wachowskis yeah. attached to it ten years ago. Possibly, I don't, I don't remember that news. Didn't Jason Momoa? Oh, he did the reboot, which was awful. Aquaman. I, th- I thought the Wachowskis for a while were involved with the uh, Schwarzenegger third movie. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. But then that dropped out. Yeah. Sounds boring. All of them sound boring. Uh, more Terminator 6 news, though. James Cameron, in a Q&A with the Arnold fans website, told them that Arnold will be appearing as a human. And the basis for the T-800 quote, uh, he quote said, yeah, you got to ask yourself, why did they make these characters look and sound like Arnold? There has to be a reason. So, yeah, it has flashed through my mind that there has to be there has to have been a prototype. There has to have been a guy whose DNA was harvested from that they grow the organic outer layer that they grew from the Terminator from. And that presumably oh was God. the real person at some point. Does that who question really – fuck? Does that question – know who they got it from. They got it from a guy that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. The fucking end. Move on. Do, do they you know, have to do that though? Do they have to do this story? If no. they do it right, it could be interesting, no. though. I mean, <laughs> I'm being very, very generous here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, like he said, but, oh, but, the like, question everyone's asking is, where did he come from? The Terminator come from? I'm wondering why we got three Terminator sequels after two. Like, why? They're all bad. The all question everyone is asking, though, is not why does the T-800 look like Arnold Schwarzenegger? Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> That's really true. But there is potentially a story there that they could have told. Like if, but I mean, this would have made more sense coming when Arnold was a lot younger. Because like, what if he yeah. was like some badass soldier or something, and then Skynet wanted to model, you know, their Terminators after him, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's the center of the story and he's having to fight things that look exactly like him. That could be interesting if handled correctly. They did maybe not sure, right. the they, they did this for Terminator Three. There was a deleted scene for Terminator Three where he played like a sergeant in the military, Sergeant Candy or something like that. They gave him a uh, southern accent. It wasn't him. It was hmm. uh, another actor that played him and. And it was totally voiced over, and it was stupid, and you could totally tell why it was a deleted scene because it, it was awful. But like <laughs> this, I, none of this has me excited. Like even with James Cameron back in the fold saying, "I'm going to be doing more. I'm going to be producing more Terminator movies." We've got Tim Miller, the director from the first Deadpool, doing this movie. None of this has me excited for anything Terminator. It doesn't have me like any more excited. So I've been let down. I've been let down by all these. You know, post Terminator 2 films, none of them have like reached what Terminator 2 has ever done. And I know none of them have been, James, have had James Cameron's involvement, but like this guy has just been too into Pandora for me to even care what he has to bring to the table anymore. So, taking him so long as well. Yeah, the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff, until they get rid of him, it's, it's, 
It's worthless. Well, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Even without Arnold, like, what are they going to do? Like, I at least rely on storytelling. But it, it just sounds like they're it, it's such a crutch. The whole Arnold Schwarzenegger thing is ridiculous. It works so much better though back in like the '90s because like all this like you know robotics and all these things about robotics taking over was. Now we're getting so much closer to where like we're where we're getting closer to like AI and we're and we're doing a lot of things with like drones and drone technology and robotics that it's not oh. interesting anymore. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's not scary in that way because we're a lot more comfortable with the technology. Yeah, and it's not so science fiction. But uh, it's just the Arnold factor. I mean, the irony of it is, is the reason Arnold was such a good Terminator is because he's not a great actor. It's that he he seems robotic and stiff, and that's how Cameron made the shit fucking work like magic in the first place. Yeah. So showing him be a human. And like how they chose him to become the robot, that, I mean, that sounds like you're instantly doing a riff tracks on that movie. Is he gonna fight a younger version of himself? Come on. That sounds like the stupidest fucking crutch shit with Schwarzenegger I've, I've ever heard. Like that, you couldn't have told me a worse synopsis for Terminator 6. Right. Ugh. <laughs> you know, he started out as a bad actor, but I mean, he has grown by leaps and bounds. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you yad that. <laughs> I'm uh, so joking. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, if you go back and you watch Hercules in New York, yes. I mean, he was a bad actor. And, like, you watch him in Twins. You watch him in Terminator 2. You watch him in Terminator. You watch him in, you know, Predator. Um, I mean, he's he's grown leaps and bounds. But, like, I think the best is behind him. We're We're past that 80s, 90s action star and, and yeah. our, our action stars have actually involved evolved um we're looking at more like our uh you know charlie's theron's and uh charlie's thrones and and uh you know keanu reeves is john wick and and um i mean these raid so. movies you know with eco ues and donnie yen i mean the action star has evolved it's it's different it's not we're not living in a day where you can rekindle these things. I know Stallone has tried with the Expendables, and those first two really did it. But it was basically you had to go into those Expendables movies with your nostalgia glasses on. Otherwise, it yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without the internet and everything, like seeing a person like Arnold Schwarzenegger was like a sight to behold. He was like the ninth wonder of the world type yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's just like there's no spectacle to it all and anymore. Everybody was waiting for that next Stallone, uh, Schwarzenegger summer movie. You know what I mean? We were all waiting yeah. for it. And then, like, I think what really hurt him was 93 when – The Jurassic Park. Year. Jurassic Park, man. I mean, I think that's what really hurt him with Last Action Hero when that came out. And I know it's beloved to a lot of people. Um, I appreciate it a lot more now than I did when it came out. I'll be yeah, I, I kind I kind of love it for what it is in in history and everything. Yeah, but like, I was upset back then. Though I remember when that movie came out, I was really upset, Jake, because we had gotten you know we had gotten Predator in '87, you know, and then yeah. you know we had gotten Total Recall in 1990, we had gotten oh yeah Terminator 2 in '92, like these R-rated badass movies, man. And then now we're stuck with now we get PG-13 Arnold. I was like. Come on. There's a cartoon. I still think uh, Total Recall is maybe the most violent movie I've ever seen in the theater. 
I'm, I'm always blown away. If you have you seen that recently? It's been a few years. It's unbelievably violent. <laughs> well, and the, oh, yeah. the, the, the practical effects with like Quato coming out of that guy's fucking stomach is just so yeah, nasty. Awesome. More, more than Robocop. <laughs> it, Robocop's pretty bad too. Yeah. Though, especially Robocop 2. Yeah. Yeah. The but, scene with the eyeballs poking out of his head. Yeah, there's just senseless violence in Robocop 2. Like I always think of the stripper poking the guy's eye out with her high heel for no yeah. reason. In the first, like, <laughs> I love it. I love movie. it in Total Recall though when Arnold is on Mars and his eyes start bulging out of his head. I love that. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Oh, I think of that fantastic. scene about once a week for some reason. Two weeks. <laughs> Do for some reason. The, the, I like hearing Arnold say words like "quato." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the uh, the uh, the the remake with Colin Farrell missed the mark on. Oh, missed the mark on so many levels, man. It was all about <laughs> the uh, updated technology and and things like that. And like the tech was really cool in the movie. But there were no mutants, and there was really no heart, and there, the characters weren't interesting, you know. I Yeah, it had lots agreed. of Colin Farrell. Yeah, it had Colin Farrell in it, too, which doesn't <laughs> help. But I'll take Colin Farrell in that fucking Fantastic Beast movie over fucking Johnny Depp any day, Jake. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we'll see. Johnny Depp can be good. Oh, come on. Johnny Depp, Johnny, between Johnny Depp and Bruce Willis these days and Nicolas Cage, those guys are past their prime. They're done. Black, Ma- Black Mass was amazing, so there's still hope. Uh, nobody's 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 raving about Black Mass anymore. I'm sorry. Nobody's talking about it. I haven't even seen the fucking thing. So it doesn't matter who's talking <laughs> about it. It's still he, a well acted movie he did in the last three years. So he's not dead to me yet. Yeah, he's dead to me. He hasn't done shit for me. He hasn't done shit for me. Bruce Willis hasn't done shit. In the, he's he's Mr. Video on Demand these days. I couldn't believe when I went to fucking go see Detroit, a movie that's against the 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 mistreatment of minorities that they fucking Detroit one of the trailers that they showed was Death Wish this new Eli Roth movie with uh, Bruce Willis where he's this white guy in a hoodie going around killing minorities I couldn't oh, believe wow, it maybe. I could not believe that that was the trailer one of the trailers that they fucking opened this movie with I was just blown away <laughs> at the at, wow. who yeah exactly who fucking thought of that. Who who okay, thought that was a taste. good idea? Poor taste. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. And Johnny Depp's a fucking idiot these days. I haven't seen I like I haven't seen this guy do anything good like recently. I'm sorry. I, I I'll have to watch that Black Mass where he plays whatever the fuck. But I don't know. Yeah, it was he good. Really it became was good. a caricature. No, I I completely agree. Johnny Depp, eight out of ten times is pretty atrocious in the last 15 years and he used to be great i mean i love ed wood i love blow i mean yeah you know i love you know edward scissorhands and i think pirates won pirates won but i think pirates fucked him up jake i think that's That's what fucked him up that's why i just said pirates won yeah no i think the (laughs) but i think that movie fucked him up like ever since pirates he's been garbage yeah i think i think tim burton like helped get him really fucked up and then pirates was like the final straw yeah because those last like three four tim burton movies before pirates was were kind of crap too like i wasn't a big fan of his willy wonka shit oh oh God. you weren't a big fan. i was fuck that that was horrible yeah <laughs> it's like i get what he was trying to do and like play it like a michael jackson type and everything but it, it did not 
don't do that in the Willy Wonka remake. I like how you went out on a little bit of a limb there and said, I wasn't a big fan of it. Fuck that. I was not a fan (laughs) at all. It was garbage. That was a horrible film. Yeah, and a lot of that shit, like Dark Shadows, uh, like the last three, four. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. He did. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland's another good one. Basically, the last four or five Burton movies that he did before Pirates were kind of yeah. garbage too. So yeah. it was on the downward spiral. Because I remember Pirates being like everyone was surprised again. It's like, oh shit, look, Johnny Depp actually yeah. being enjoyable again. Yeah, and then that kind of went away real. No, fast. I get it. You're saying like there's still something there. Like uh, he was. It could happen. Like, It'll sure. be like the moon and the stars align. No, he needs he needs a he needs a he needs a Tar- he needs a Tarantino to help him out right now. That's what he needs. Yeah. He or needs the proper medications. True. I don't, I don't know. He needs a Tarantino. <laughs> he needs a Tarantino. Like you know, we had uh, what's his name um, Travolta. That's who saved his career. He needs yeah. He needs a Tarantino to come in there. You know, like Tarantino has come in and like swooped in and rescued careers. Like he did it for uh, Jennifer Jason Lee recently. In um, yeah. uh, Hateful Eight, so he needs a Tarantino to like kind of like get him back on track because like he's made some horrible decisions. Same thing with Nicolas Cage. Like this guy, he'll do like a decent movie and then just, I mean, just to pay off, I don't know how many islands he owns and how many like, you know, copies of Action yeah. Comics one and how many <laughs> houses. <laughs> you, have, you have right. You have right to be worried, though, because I, I don't think of David Yates much as a people director. I think of him more as a visual director. Yeah. And with that, with that kind of atmosphere, you got to worry about Johnny Depp just kind of getting goofy and stupid with this thing. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Carl Urban was at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas, and he told everyone that he's in talks with I Am Global to reprise his role as Judge Dredd in the Dredd TV, uh, Dredd, uh, TV series. He said, I am in discussions with them about that. I told them that if they write the material and give Dredd something to do and give him a function, I will be there. I would love to. So um, I don't have a lot to say on this. I think we all want him back as Dredd. I don't know if you guys – Ben, um, Joe, have you guys seen Dredd? Yeah. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Isn't it? So good. He's excellent as Judge Dredd. Wasn't he? Yeah, he is. And I mean, I think it's one of, I think it honestly, I'm going to put it up there as one of the best comic book adaptations of all time as far as like film to, you know, from, from page to film. It's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about it. Definitely. I would put it in, I would put it in my top 10 for sure. Absolutely. Leather Hattie's really good as well. I think she's really cool that film. And what, uh, what's, uh, Lena, is it Lena Hetty? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Great villain. Cersei from Game of Thrones. Yeah, she's Cersei great. from Game of Thrones. I think she's really good in that. Great villain. Fantastic villain. So if, uh, if they can somehow sign this guy on to come back and play Judge Dredd for the TV series, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited. Never heard of I Am Global, but let's see what they can do if they get Carl Urban back in there. So I'm excited about that. Um, what will happen first? Pop Culture Leftovers Episode 300 or a new Judge Dredd property on TV or in the movies? I think Dredd's coming. I think Netflix is there. You think it's going to happen? All right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I is it going to be Netflix, though? Oh, I thought it was Netflix. So no, I, I, it's, it's I not. I assumed it was Netflix. I'm, I'm worried about this shit coming out on, like, Spike TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that'd yes. be atrocious. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, Scott Schutte was on here a couple of weeks ago talking about that Miss show, and that's on Spike TV. I'm worried about, 
I'm worried. You know, I, I don't know who's going to be fighting over a dread TV show, even if it does feature Carl Urban. I mean, he was in that show Almost Human, which I loved on Fox, but I mean, it got canceled after season one. And, uh, I mean, I know we're Are only five years removed from the dread film in theaters, but I don't know who's going to be fighting over a dread series. I would love to see fucking Netflix get a hold of this, Ben, because I think they, they would do a great job. Mm-hmm. They can just do six episodes or something. Like they don't have to do like a whole thirteen episode right, right. Yeah. episodes. Yeah, give and us if it's well received. Do more. Exactly. Do like what they did with Castlevania. You know. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And then renew it instantly if it's like if it's good, people will watch it. Just get a couple of stars in it. Have any of you guys watched uh, the Mister Mercedes? No, no, I've, but I want to. I've got it on my DVR. I have not watched it yet. I want. I'm just so gun shy from these Stephen King things, but I really loved that book. So, watch it and tell me if I should watch it or not. I will. I've got it on my DVR. I'll check it out. Yeah. Uh, we got some more Hellboy reboot casting. Uh, last week we talked about Ian McShane, and now this week Deadline is reporting that Mia Jovovich from the Fifth Element <laughs> and the Resident Evil films will be the film's main villain, the the Blood Queen. Oh, the main villain's going to be so stupid. Oh, no. Uh, in the comics, there isn't officially a character called the Blood Queen, to my knowledge, but there is one named Nemu, which is believed to be this character. And here's a little backstory about that character. Nemu lived during the reign of King Arthur and was beloved by Merlin, who told her all of his secrets. She used this knowledge to imprison him in a grave for eternity. But without Merlin to guide her, Nemu's knowledge of magic drove her to madness and eventually to worship the Ogdru Jihad. Her madness was so great that all the other witches killed her, cut her into many pieces, and scattered them all over the earth. However, the pieces would always rejoin, so the witches shut them into a wooden box and buried it deep within the earth. So... I think that's the same character we're talking about here that's going to show up in this Hellboy reboot. You guys don't sound too excited for Mia Jovovich in this role. I'm excited. Jake, you're excited? I I am excited. I think that's great casting. I I, I think she's a fine actress, and I think that'll be fun for her to get to be like kind of the hammy, over-the-top comic book villainous. Joe, I think, I think she could perfectly handle this. Joe, what are your thoughts about Mia Jovovich taking over uh, as the villain in the uh, Hellboy film? I love the actress, but that description you just gave was crazy. <laughs> could they not do something cool with that? I mean, like at the beginning of the movie, we see some like like some of these young witches that are seeking out these boxes, and then ah, it sounds like every other fucking movie, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they going to open up a box that has the hand in it, and we're going to get like Evil Dead Two scene? <laughs> I, I'd rather o- I'd rather open with the flashback of seeing her cut into all the pieces for the first time. <laughs> That'd be pretty metal. I don't know this. I don't know. I, I love Mia Jovovich. I think that she's a great choice for this. Um, I, I I hope that they do stick to the promise of making this like all practical effects and trying to go away from because like when you when you introduce a witch and sorcery it makes me think of really bad special effects right like we're gonna get there's, like there's a there's a promise that this is gonna be all practical effects that's what I'm hearing I'm hearing a promise that this is mostly gonna be practical effects that they're gonna be moving away from special effects in this film oh that's interesting yeah is she I was gonna be animated some CG. it's not animated. 
The movie? No, is she going to be animated? Is she going to be more than like she is like as Alice in the Resident Evil movies? I have because she's pretty. Yeah, I have. She suits those movies like the tone of them, but I don't know if she can rock that tone in Hellboy. I have no idea. I have no idea how they're going to make the character look um, fully realized. I'm expecting this movie to look very stark and like different than your regular comic book movie. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess that would fall in line with practical effects because I think there's going to be a lot going on with like lighting yeah. and stuff in this movie, like very much like a Sin City almost. I would hope. I mean, that sounds very stylized. If okay, bloody disgusting has confirmed that the film will be titled Hellboy. Uh, the previous title was Hellboy: Rise of the Blood Queen. It is going to be Hellboy. Uh, Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy, sat down with The Verge for an interview, and he talked about the uh, comics, of course, but he finished with talking about the new reboot, and I want to read some of that interview. Verge said, I just saw that Ian McShane is joining the cast of the new Hellboy movie. How closely are you involved with the new film? Mignola said, I'm a kind of co-producer. Co-executive producer. I'm not actually sure what my title is, but unlike the Del Toro movies, where I was active in pre-production and design, I'm not doing that this time around. When the decision was made to do another movie, I got involved basically saying, if you're going to do that story, don't do this or that, change this and that. I helped to steer it. Christopher Golden and I did write a couple of drafts of the screenplay and I got it on track. And then the decision was made to do a reboot. I really just get questions about how things work. And while I'm not doing a lot, I've been talking with the creature design guy and the makeup guy to get the look of the Hellboy and his hand and things like that. So basically what he's going on to say here is that he's actually less involved in this film than he was the Del Toro films. But he saw the direction that this film was headed in, and he liked it. So he's kind of taking a little bit of a back seat right now because he feels comfortable with the direction of the film that it's going to be more like the comic book, even though he's less involved. Uh, he also talked about how it's going to possibly expand into a Hellboy cinematic universe, and we have gotten confirmation from Newsarama that BPRD, the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense is going to be involved in this film, which is also a comic series that he did, along with, like, mm-hmm. Lobster They tried to make a shitty movie of that already, too, didn't they? They did R.I.P.D. Oh, okay. That was the uh, Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds film, which felt okay. like Men in Black with paranormal shit. Yes. But it was, yeah, yeah, so... um. I don't know. Yeah, he. I mean, he basically says he was way more involved. His quote was basically, I was super involved with Guillermo del Toro's movies way more than this one. In those, I worked in pre-production, and I was on set a lot of the time. Uh, as time went on, he and I had different ideas on what should happen. And this new movie, I don't have much hands-on involvement. I'm not doing any concept art. I, I am doing consulting, but I think from day one in discussions about the look and feel of this new movie, the director seems to be very much closer to the tone of the vision I wanted it to be. Yeah, that's cool. It sounds like he had to be on set more for the Del Toro stuff just to get any of his vision across. Where here he feels more comfortable, the guy's actually going to honor his stuff more. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
feel like Del Toro did did a lot more, did kind of the Del Toro thing with the Hellboy movies more than the Magnola thing. I not love that the that's, original Hellboy movies. Not that that's a bad thing, but you know, I'm excited. Who's going to play Abe? They haven't cast Abe. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be playing Abe Sapien. They should get Doug Jones back. Ah, uh, they won't yeah. do it. They won't do it. He's yeah. he's so perfect as Abe though. Yeah, he was great. You got to get new people. Doing all so new good. I was just complaining about you. You can't do Schwarzenegger in every Terminator movie. It's the it's the same thing here. You're no, it's not all- the same thing. People don't associate Doug Jones with Hellboy. You're act- people associate Schwarzenegger with Terminator. I, I think yeah. most of your casual fans wouldn't even notice that it was Doug Jones. I ask, I go out in the street and I ask who Doug Jones is. People aren't going to know who the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no. but in the aspect of it's a it's a reboot, so don't cast the same people in the last version. Who do you, who would you say they're going to get for Abe? Abe's got to be in this movie, hasn't he? You got to think he's got to be in it. Yeah, you got to imagine he would be. Red and blue. I just don't think I can't think of anyone who could play him. It's such a hard character to cast. It's really yeah, hard. Yeah, we'll see. I, they'll they'll get somebody. I mean, they'll. But uh, it, it's one of those things where I, I just I can't compare it to like Schwarzenegger and Terminator though. I'm just comparing it in the fact that it's you're trying to reboot something but still casting the same people. No, I get it. I totally get that. And I, I, I'm totally with you there. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I think you're, you're being too hard on Del, Del Toro <laughs> is my thing. Yeah, I'm being – yeah, I am. He, he done fucked up the whole franchise it seems like. Ah, come on. <laughs> Come on, Ron Perlman was Ron Perlman was fucking great. He was so great he, as Hellboy. Yeah, I he mean, is. like you know, I wouldn't say he fucked it up. I I just don't know if there was like we're seeing that move that that first movie actually it 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 it, it did enough to get a sequel. We're seeing we're seeing movies like right now, like The Dark Tower. Which, which should be a great movie if you get a great director behind it. We're seeing some of these movies just fucking like, even, uh, uh, fucking the, the third Planet of the Apes movie didn't do as much as the second. Like, we'll be lucky if we get another Planet of the Apes film after this one, cause it didn't make a ton of money in the box office. I don't know. People are, people are going to see more comic book movies and more of these Fast and Furious movies than they are anything else, it feels like. And it yeah, feels like definitely. it feels like if your movie's not like a low budget horror movie, like from Blumhouse, or if your movie's like not like a like a superhero movie, it feels like a lot like the movies like Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets don't have a leg to stand on anymore. People aren't taking the chances on these films anymore. Yeah, I think this Hellboy kind of has a good recipe going for it, though, right? I mean, they're probably not going to spend a ton of money on it. I get a feeling they're going the R route since they're, it seems like they're trying to take more of the Mignola. Hi, approach. I'm Dread from 2012. It's the same yeah. fucking concept, and they did it there, and that movie didn't even fucking garner enough for it to get a theatrical sequel. And I fucking yeah, I love thinking, that movie. Yeah, but I mean, I think Deadpool has kind of created a little bit of a new phenomenon. But that's a comic book. Has, but that's a comic think, book. It's a comic book. You put Marvel in front of it, and it's got that behind it. And Deadpool was already a popular character in the comic books to begin with. And I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, Hell, Hellboy's no super slum, though. Well, Hellboy's not, not going to have the trailer that that the leaked trailer that fucking uh, Deadpool did, where he's sitting on it top of the it. bridge. It needs it. Yeah, but it if it's going to be a darker, grittier one, it's not going to have that going for it. 
I mean, hell, that That's Hellboy, that Hellboy leak trailer was fucking hilarious. This new tra- this new Hellboy is not going to be. I don't think it's going to be slapstick, fucking like dick and fart comedy. That ha- the hell. That's what people <laughs> people that fucking love Family Guy and that dick fart shit. They're gonna fucking go see this new Deadpool because that's what fucking made them laugh. This Hellboy, even though it is low budget, it's still got a lot working against it. It could still be in that tone, like not as crazy dick fart joke, but. It's definitely not without its own sense of dark humor. We don't know that. We don't know that. All they've talked about is how it's going to be R-rated and it's going to be gritty. They haven't said that it's going to go – it's going to be R-rated and it's also going to have its own like sense of comedy with it. It, They have not said that at all. It seems like an easy assumption though, right? If they're they're saying that it's going to be the tone of the Mignola books, then – I'm just going to go ahead and connect that dot that it's going to be like that. Well, from every article that I've read and quotes from David Harbour is they have not mentioned anything about comedy, that it's going to be gory, it's going to be dark, it's going to be grittier. I have not read anything about comedy. Like my first reaction when I first read this was, oh, they're going to go R-rated? They could do something very along the lines of Ash versus the Evil Dead where it's very funny comedy and very gory and very very practical effects. That would be fucking fantastic. But nothing I have read has supported any of that. So if that happens, then... Yeah, I I, I 100% agree with you. If they play the whole thing, like, for serious... Like that, it's, I don't really care. No, that, that's like calling your movie, movie. Yeah, that's like calling your movie um, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, and then it not being funny, which is basically what happened. Yeah, everything leads me to believe though that this is going to have some dark humor to it. I hope so, but no, I haven't read any articles that support that, Jake. No article yeah. supports that there's dark humor involved in this. Every article that I've read is like, oh, this is going to be darker. This is going to be grittier. This is going to be more serious. Nothing is said that it's going to have like a lighter kind of like funny tone to it. As- oh, I don't think it's going to be lighter. I said dark humor. No, mixed in with that dark humor. Nothing has ever like given me – maybe I used the wrong words there – I don't think that they were going to have, like, I wanted it to be kind of like a blend of, like, Hellboy meets, like, Ash versus the Evil Dead. That's what I kind of wanted. Like, where, like, the gore is there, but it also can make you laugh, you know? There's something funny about Ash, like, when he's cutting into somebody with a chainsaw or, like, a you know, like a, like a fucking, uh, one of these demons with a chainsaw and blood's just splattering him in the face. That's fucking hilarious. And, like, are we going to get that in this movie? If we're going to give it that R rating... Are we going to get funny gore? Or is it just going to be dark, gritty, serious Hellboy? That's I, I have no articles yeah. to support that it's going to have any humor at all, which I hope yeah. it does. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably just going to be darker and serious. I hope not, because that that sounds boring as fuck. Yeah, how can be serious with Mia Yovich just the villain? I just don't understand. <laughs> Can't be serious. She's, I've seen all the Resident Evil movies, and that, those films are so stupid and self-aware. Like, it can't be serious. There's going to be a little bit of humor. So in you're that, saying they can't cast Mia Jovovich in a movie where it's serious? That that's like out of the realm of possibility. The I only- don't think she can play this dark, scary, intense villain and make it serious. I don't think she can. Just the source material is so inviting to uh, that tone a little bit, right? Well, I mean, then we're going back to, like, the, the Del Toro series. Like, that was fun. That was funny. Ron Perlman was fun and funny. Yeah, but it didn't have any of the dark. 
Like it, it, it leaned too hard towards the light and funny. No, it went more fantasy than it went with dark horror. I agree with you. I'm saying like from day one, day fucking one when this news was announced, I'm on here with Frank and I think it – was that you, Joe? Was that you on yep. that episode? I was saying yep. they need to go Ash versus Evil Dead route with this. You give me the fucking – you give me the horror, you give me the gore, and then you give me that Ash versus Evil Dead kind of like humor. And then the yeah. next the next week I'm reading articles and they're saying David Harbour's coming out and talking about how this is going to be more dark, how this is going to be more serious, and how it's going to be grittier. I have read – if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yeah, I, th- I, think the, I, I think the conversation is a little bit mysterious here. I, I'm – I'm, there's no argument about. No, I know you're wrong about anything. No, no, no. I'm saying like, like I love what you're saying. That's what I and, want. But nothing yeah. from what I've read has like given me any indication that that's where they're leaning towards, and that's what has me worried. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still ready for a different take. Like I, I'm more excited to see Hellboy reboot than Hellboy three at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Ian McShane's really great as well. Oh, I love Ian McShane. I just hope that I hope the movie does make money. I hope people do get excited about Hellboy. You know, I yeah, me too. You know, I I don't want. I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to see the first trailer when it does come out. They're fast tracking this thing. This thing's you know it's been in development for like eight months now. They're gonna start filming this fall, and it's coming out in December next year. So we're gonna find out real soon. So it's so. going in December. Yeah, it's, it's coming out. Han Solo. Coming out December next. No, Han Solo is coming out in May. Oh, Han Solo coming out in May. So there's no there's no uh, Star Wars in December. No, they're done with. Uh, as right. far as I know, unless uh, unless I mean unless this Phil Lord Chris Miller debacle has fucked them up so much that they do come out with it in December. But as far as I know, they're pushing forward with a May release, and then Star Wars Episode Nine should be getting a May release the next year. So. Okay. I'm hoping they stick to that this time because the eight was supposed to get the May release too. Yeah, and in the yeah. last minute they Decembered us. So, so yeah, I'm looking for the Hellboy. I think I'm hoping it's gonna be really good. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on here. I was gonna talk about the King of the Hill news, but I won't talk about it because there's really no news. It's not. It's not. Fine. Is it coming back? It's, we don't know. We'll find out. Hopefully, they're in talks. I love King of the Hill. You have no idea. Like, I love this show. It makes me happy. Maybe I'll do a bumper on King of the Hill. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> big news came out this week from The Wrap concerning Disney. And uh, I'm not talking about the Darkwing Duck, DuckTales crossover news, Jake. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the news? Did you watch DuckTales? Did you get a chance to see it? I started it and fell asleep about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> Uh, what'd you think so, about those I, first fifteen I liked minutes? That's all right. I'll give it a taste. That I saw it. I caught bits and pieces while my kids were watching it. Yeah, I'll give it a taste. It. It's. Uh, I'm not going to continue watching it. It's Ducktales. I'm fucking. I'm 39. I mean, I'm not fucking 10 years old anymore. So, you know, Watchpad was my favorite character in the 15 minutes I saw. I don't know. Oh, he's it, in it. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I, it's just I'm I I don't know. It's it was it was great when I was a kid. I loved it. I absolutely loved it yeah. when I was a kid. I just can't mm-hmm. see myself watching this week to week. Yeah, yeah. Brian, you watch Girl Meets World. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Go fuck yourself. 
Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, Disney is tired of uh, suffering from cord cutting, which has been pulling subscribers away from ESPN. The company announced plans to launch its own direct-to-consumer entertainment streaming service and removing its films from would-be rival Netflix in its third-quarter earnings release. So, guys, this means right now, and I know there's negotiations to keep Star Wars and Marvel movies there, but right now, as the way it stands, this would mean there's no Star Wars, no Marvel movies, no Pixar, no Disney films, period, on the streaming service. It's uh, uh, They'll be pulling uh, those out uh, at the end of this deal sometime in, like, 2019, I believe, at the end of 2019. So... We will still kill, uh, we will continue to get like, you know, the Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones type shows. Those will still come out. Those will be Marvel, Netflix, uh, on the TV side. But as far as like the movies, they're talking about pulling Star Wars, Marvel films, Pixar films, Disney animated films, Disney films in general. Um, my question to you yeah. is, uh, are you excited for this? Will, will you pay for a Disney streaming service? Uh, I mean, my short answer is yes. I, 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 I'm shocked that it took them this long to do this with all the properties and things they own, especially with the ESPN side of it and everything. Um, from what I've read, they're splitting it into two different streaming services, even with the sports on one side and the TV and movies on the other. Um, yeah, I think they're going to do big business here. I, you know, I think any original Star Wars or Marvel property will come out on this platform from now on if they try to do anything non-theatrical and original. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing is where we saw our first ever Star Wars live-action TV series. I was too. just going to say that. That's. I bet I wouldn't be surprised if they launched this service that's, with that. I was just going to say that. If you didn't say it, I was going to say it. That's how they're going to get people in. I mean, right I'm now people are people are saying, no, I don't want to fucking. I'm not going to pay. For a Disney streaming service, I already pay for Hulu. I already pay for Netflix. I already pay for Amazon Prime. I'm not doing. I'm not doing any more. But tomorrow they announce a live action Star Wars show. Everybody's signing up for this fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it would. It, it'll break the internet when they put that live action Star Wars show on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's big business for them. It's a long time coming. I hate um, it. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. Uh, and this is just for me and my my wallet talking here. I'm sick of fucking paying for streaming right now. Like streaming was great. The early days of streaming, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, one stop yeah. shop. You can all go. You can go to Netflix. You can get everything. Go to Netflix. Oh, you want to watch that? It's on Netflix. You want to go to that? You want? Oh, it's on Netflix. Oh, that that's on Netflix. Now it's like, oh, you want to watch that? Now you got to go to DC. DC's got their own service. Oh, you want to watch that? Now you got to go to fucking Disney. So all these people that are cutting the cord, all these people that are cutting the cord, now you're going to be just streaming everything, but you're going to be paying for each individual streaming service. It's yeah, like it's it not forces you to cut the cord at this point too. Like you can't do both. Like you can't have cable and pay for a dozen plus streaming no, services. No, no, you can't. It's yeah. Uh, Joe, talk to me. What are you thinking about this, man? I mean, this is obviously a huge blow to Netflix. You're talking a lot of great content that is really in demand. And like Jake was saying, how did it take Disney this long to do it? And it it does suck because I made a hard decision a few months ago and got rid of Hulu. And then since that, I've had so many people tell me about shows that I want to watch and say, oh, it's on Hulu. Yeah. Fucking course it's on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, where were you two months ago with those suggestions? Yeah. Joe, <laughs> yeah, Joe. Exactly. Joe, I'll, I'll give you my Hulu information. Cool. All right. <laughs> uh, I never said that. No. Uh, no. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, I, I have Hulu because I there's shows that I love on Hulu. I love Casual. It's like one of my favorite comedies. I love it. I can't live without that show. And like, you know, Runaways is going to be coming out on Hulu. And I, I want to watch that. That's the thing. that They're going to get you with this, sh- this shit. Ben, what are you thinking about this? Are you excited for this? Well, for the Disney streaming thing. Di- yeah, Disney streaming. Yeah. Are, are you excited? Potential. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited because of Marvel and Star Wars. If they do Marvel stuff on there as well, I'll, I'll be like all over it. Animation, I don't care what it is. As long as it's something that's like new and you can only get it on that, then I'll pay for it. So, yeah, yeah. I'll sign up definitely. How long is Marvel really going to play ball with Netflix on these Netflix series once this shit gets going and running? Yeah. That's well, what I was thinking. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That, that, that it doesn't. I'm just saying, like, the TV side of Marvel has decided to stick with Netflix for right now. That's all I'm saying. It, no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I've read exactly the same stuff. They're for sure staying there. But it's, like, is it's not going to be permanent, right? What do you think? I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's Disney. So as far as, like, I think it is a little bit more – it is grittier as far as some of the content that I think of, like, Disney. So they might want to keep that a little bit separate. I mean, you do have, like – in Daredevil, mm, that's a great point. In Daredevil season two, you've got fucking dude going down on that one chicken bed. So it's like, are we going to throw that up on the Disney fucking service? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Maybe the Disney movie and TV won't have that mature of content. No, gives you're not going to see Obi Wan Kenobi going down on some alien chick <laughs> on a fucking live action, you know, Star Wars show. <laughs> You know, so you're not going to see like any like Miramax movies or anything on a Disney streaming service. Like, there's not going to be any adult content. Man, it's going to be all PG-13. Hey, I don't know, man. I yeah, I'm, I'm just, just asking these questions. I know, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I maybe they'll have uh, Disney, uh, you know, Disney After Dark, where you can. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do, Jake. But when I think Disney, if you're going to put the Disney name on this thing, if you're going to throw it up as Disney. It's gonna be it's it's not it's gonna be more family friendly and shit. You're not gonna be, yeah. you know. You're they not, need to rebrand. They need to rebrand. So they don't have to call it Disney. They can they can just make up a name like Miramax or whatever. They can just say the, this is our streaming service. Ah, come on, right. come on. They they, you, I, you want, I agree with Ben a hundred percent. You want to need to come out of the box and rebrand. Yeah, they ain't gonna rebrand. Disney. Everybody knows that name. Come on. They can be yeah, so big, you know. So. You know what? You'll learn so the news. You'll learn the new name when that's the place you got to go watch the brand new Star Wars show. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, because everybody, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's Star Wars, but, uh. What's from stopping them putting like future Star Wars movies on there? Once they get like episode nine out of the way and they got all the spin-offs out of the way and they go, right, what are we going to do? They can just make a big Star Wars movie and say you can only watch it on the streaming service. Uh, and they get, they, sign up on the day I'm watching. Hey, no, see? they'll make a Star yeah, Wars TV show before they make a movie that only is direct to. To streaming. They're gonna get. Yeah. They're gonna give this thing a name, though. They're not just gonna call it Disney Streaming, right? And it's gonna have Marvel and Star Wars and all this Disney Streaming. I don't think they're gonna call it Disney because people associate Disney with the cartoon stuff and Pixar. Yeah, it's terrible branding. I don't think they will call it that. Like ESPN, you don't. People don't think oh Disney. They just think ESPN. They can come up with a brand name for it. Yeah, it's not gonna be called Disney, Disney Sports. Disney Sports Streaming. They'll think of something crazy. 
it can put a scissor wheel together like a minute trailer and just go like you're a place for Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, Pirates of the Caribbean. They can show the like they can put John Carter in there and try and get that going again. They can do they can do that. Hey kids, uh, do you want to watch uh, do you want to watch uh, fish trying to find their parents or do you want to watch uh, Daredevil season two? This guy goes down on this no. chick. What do you want to watch tonight? No, huh? I don't think they're gonna have like. <laughs> That's I think that's. It, I think it's a little. That aren't, that aren't Netflix shows. So I think okay. it's a. It's you really think the Disney streaming is just going to be for kids though? I mean, I think that's a little naive. No, no, I don't think it's going to be for kids, Jake. I don't think they're just going to have fucking Dora the Explorer running around on the goddamn screen. I know she's not owned by Disney. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's going to be like you know. I don't think it's going to be like Disney XD where it's just fucking kids shows and shit. But on the flip side, uh, you know. Um, I don't know. It's Disney. If I don't know how you're going to brand it anything other than Disney. I don't know what else. I, I guess PlayStation View is a great fucking service, but I think it's horrible fucking branding for because nobody knows what the fuck is, you know, like nobody knows what PlayStation View is. Like, yeah, it should have just been. It should have just been View. Drop all the other stuff. Exactly. Like, I think PlayStation View is a great service. You know, like 30, 40 bucks a month and you get a bunch of content and you get like a cloud service DVR and you get all these things. But like, when you say PlayStation View, I'm still thinking you're talking video games. I have no idea you're talking about streaming television. And I have no idea. So everything though. Yeah. So, but I think like with Disney, Disney's such a big name. It's hard for me to think of like what else they're going to call it other than something that involves Disney because Disney is huge. Disney is gigantic. So I don't know what they're going to call it. I don't think they're going to call well, it. Right. But we'll see. Right. Can yeah. I ask you a question? Like, if, when you go and see Last Jedi, are you thinking, oh, this is the new Star Wars movie or just the latest Disney film? It's a Disney film. Or do you just think Star Wars? Because people can ignore the Disney factor. When it's a brand that's so powerful, arguably bigger than Disney, like Star Wars might be a bigger brand. Well, I'm not calling okay. it Disney. I'm not calling it a Disney film, but deep down, I know that this is made by Disney. Like, I know back yeah. in 2000, October of 2012, that Disney acquired Lucasfilm. I know this. Yeah. Now, most people don't know that. Not everybody knows that, but I know it. So, you know, it's, it's, and I know that they acquired Marvel. I know that, that, I know that Disney acquired Marvel and they acquired Disney because they wanted boys. They wanted young boys to, they wanted to have something attractive for young boys at their theme parks because they already had the Disney princesses. Like they fucking, they, they nailed that shit. They got dis they got princesses up the fucking wazoo. And so they, they were like, yeah, yeah, we've got, uh, we've, we've got the estrogen fucking market locked up. So like we gotta get some we gotta get some we gotta we gotta bring some fucking dick in the mar in the, in the <laughs> Disney okay we gotta bring we and we gotta get Marvel we gotta get Star Wars and shit and so that's what they did and uh, I don't know I don't know I don't know what they're gonna fucking call it um, you know what the real the real nightmare is if they decide to brand it all separately and it's like okay here's your Disney streaming here's your Marvel streaming here's your Star Wars streaming. Here's your adult content streaming, and they're all nine ninety nine each a month. You get a discount though; the more you pick, yeah, right? you get, yeah, you get yeah. two dollars not top them. You buy three, you get the fourth free. Fuck you, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I so uh, in a perfect world, there is going to be adult content on the Disney streaming service. So I'm only paying for one goddamn service. I'm telling. I hate it. I hate it all. I hate it all. I hate Disney. For the fact that they have to do their own streaming shit, I understand that's where like where everything's going right now. Everybody's going streaming. 
I hate it. I'm gonna, we're gonna look back on the golden age of fucking streaming and we're gonna be like, remember when there was only Netflix? You remember when you were only spending fucking $7.99 to get all your fucking content back in the day? That's all you fucking needed was Netflix. And now it's like, now I've got my fucking, I'm, I'm streaming to fucking Netflix. I'm streaming to Hulu. I got Amazon. I've got my fucking DC. Oh, I want my anime. I got my Funimation and Crunchyroll. Oh shit. Fuck, Crackle's charging now? Fuck you, Crackle, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you were free for the longest. Fuck you, Crackle. And, you know, uh, that's what I'm worried yeah. about. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to bow down to my Disney overlords. Uh-huh. Oh, it ain't gonna stop with Disney though, Jake, you son of a bitch. You, you're helping the problem. You're helping the problem, man. It, it's yeah, not gonna stop with Disney. Happened. It's, it's too late to turn back now. The dam uh, l- listen broken. to you. Listen, you just roll over and taking it on your back, <laughs> aren't you? You're just rolling over, letting fucking, just jack all over your fucking back. <laughs> What's, what's the solution, man? I just, I just fucking not watch anything. No, no. I just, I, I want to. I just, I rewind one week to where, to where I was ignorant, and I could just go on to fucking Netflix and oh, there's Rogue One. I can watch Rogue One. I can watch Doctor Strange. I can watch Civil War, and I live in a perfect that world. Right. For fucking eight ninety nine, I can do this every goddamn month. And now, now they're nine ninety nine, whatever the fuck it is. And now, now I live in a world where I have to fucking now. Now I'm gonna be losing that shit, and I'm gonna have to. But I can't. I can't lose Netflix. I can't just lose Netflix and go to Disney Stream, because I gotta. I gotta get Stranger Things season three. I got. You know what I mean. I gotta get yeah, House yeah. of Cards season whatever the fuck, or I gotta get Orange Is the New Black whatever. <laughs> And I got to Yeah, I got Glow get, season 2. Glow season 2. I can't just fucking Oh, uh, it's bullshit. And 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 I I I'm already subscribed. I'm already have a uh, DirecTV subscription. So, you know, I got to get Preacher. I got to get, you know, I got to watch my Walking Dead. Oh, I got to watch Game of Thrones. So I got to, you know, so I got to use Jake's yeah. subscription there. <laughs> <laughs> We help each other. I, I, yeah. I need to get a subscription off of you. I think I need that stars actually. Well, that's yeah, you have to talk to Frank. I can give you my Hulu though. Oh yeah, good deal. Good yeah. deal. We need to talk about this on a break. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I don't, Joe, Joe, like talk, yeah. Joe, make some sense out of this. Come on, talk to me. Well, it, it kind of sounds like what you're saying is that no matter if they rebrand it yeah. there's been so much in the news that disney's pulling all these to start their own service that no matter what they call it when you see these services or these movies on the service you're going to say that's the disney one yeah and so yeah i mean they've always been somewhat of a wholesome place so i mean are they going to have <laughs> you know the mouse in the magic kingdom with you know, like dude going down on the yeah. on uh yeah. I mean, are, we're gonna have Mickey, to have Mickey Mouse is gonna be slapping people with his dong. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, they're gonna have to definitely have some like they're gonna have to worry about parental controls and things like that for the kids if they are gonna pull the Netflix TV series, the Marvel stuff, over to that platform. Netflix do have a kid section and the adult section. They can do that. Yeah, but that's yeah. Netflix. Netflix has never – like Netflix, their logo is not like Mickey Mouse ears, right? Exactly. That's that's yeah. the thing. I, I think – I do feel like the TV side, like the Jeff Loeb stuff um, for Marvel is better suited for Netflix. I think that that's a better place 
for it I, than putting it on a Disney streaming service. If it's um, branded as a Disney streaming service. Well, why, the I, Disney Channel's branded you. as a Disney Channel. I don't know what the fuck. You know what I mean? I don't know. The Disney Channel, they keep to the standards that they have because they've branded it the Disney Channel. Yeah, but Disney Channel also has, like, Marvel, you know, like, you've got your fucking Marvel shows on that. You've got your Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy showing up on Disney XD. I'm not yeah, saying, like, this is going to be, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, we're talking, like, I'm acting like this is, like, rated R content. Like, I think, like, they'll be able to get away with having, like, the PG-13 Marvel movies on that service. Absolutely. But on the flip side, it makes sense to just keep Daredevil on a network, on a streaming service where it's totally acceptable to have one character go down on another character, uh, on another character. I think that, 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 I think that that just makes sense. If I, I do think that they will call this Disney in some way. I don't think Disney has a problem with showing like a Marvel movie on their service. Not at all. It's just a no, I agree. Disney is such a yeah. big fucking name. Why would you want to take that out of that? I mean, yeah. so you could show everything. So you could you could have all your streaming content cuz Disney is making R-rated movies. Disney's like, still making happening. money from Netflix for fucking doing these Netflix uh, the, having this Netflix Deal with their TV shows. It's not like they're not making any revenue from that. It does oh, make sure. sense to have their more hardcore content just stay on Netflix because if if you're not going to use a name that's as huge, hugely recognizable all over the world as Disney, then I, there's no way that's going to fly through a board meeting. It's like, okay, are we going to use Disney, which everybody knows right. is huge, or are we going right. to make up something new and try and hook them with something new? Yeah. Oh, you guys are I don't think it's that big of a stretch at all if you're multi-branding a brand new streaming service with as many different properties as you have under one house, including R-rated and mature properties. I think it is. I think it is a stretch because they're also going to have Disney stuff on that channel. They're also yeah, that's what makes it so amazing. That they're also going to have Disney things on that channel. To call it anything other than Disney whatever makes zero sense to me. It makes zero sense to me. I think that you should be like, oh, okay. Uh, it's the one-stop shop for all your kids' Disney needs. Plus, hey, guess what, mom and dad? If you want to check out like Marvel uh, Civil Captain America Civil War, you can. You want to check out Doctor Strange, you can. But you don't have to worry about fucking uh, this character going down on another character. Don't worry about that. We kept that shit on Netflix. I mean, but you're creating the same problem that you hate. So, like, in your world, I do have to pay for another service. I'm getting both anyway, Jake. I'm getting both anyway. I'm fucked either way. Eventually, it's not going to be just Netflix. I'm fucked. I'm fucked either way. more R-rated content than just what they're putting on Netflix. And where is that content going to stream from? Who am I paying to stream that? Stream I don't think they're from? worried about that content, Jake. I think that that content will probably still remain to be. They'll still have deals worked out with HBO and uh, and stars. That content will be there. Netflix isn't getting too much into the movies. We're seeing movies drop off Netflix all the time. Netflix is going toward more towards their original content. I think it just makes sense for Disney to keep Luke Cage, Jessica Jones banging every guy under the sun on Netflix. That's what I think makes sense other than to keep, other than to rebrand and call the service something completely different but then also tell people, "Hey, guess what guys? This is also Disney." Okay. Agree to disagree. Because I think that Netflix has been dropping a ton of movies. I don't think Netflix is in the movie business. You don't have to have like 
the Disney movies that are branded like by Miramax or any other company that Disney owns out there on Netflix. I don't think Netflix even cares about that. But I think Netflix, I think that Disney, it would be smart for them to keep the the Luke Cage, the Jessica Jones, the Daredevil stuff kind of on that service because it is way more adult than the Marvel movies in general. I think in the long run, it would be more smart to have it be an all-encompassing, all-ages streaming service that everyone would feel the need to have to watch. Well, I mean, if you're going to have the Disney name behind it, I don't know, man. I don't know how about. And that's why I'm. I, I, no, I'm just talking. I'm just talking about like how how I've, I've heard like different. And I'm going to throw this out. A Lil from League of Geeks watched Spider-Man: Homecoming and had a lot of problems watching that with his kids because there were words like penis Parker and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff in those movies that he just didn't feel comfortable watching that with his kids. And to put that on a Disney streaming service might be a problem. For some of the parents out there, I don't, and I'm with Joe, like renaming the whole service something else other than Disney makes zero fucking sense when you own the name Disney, which is one of the biggest names in the world. It makes no sense. How it makes zero sense when you just explained how you're showing a Spider-Man movie that people may have a problem with under the Disney banner on said streaming service. You, you yourself just made it make more than zero sense. I don't understand what you're saying right now. Like to put Spider-Man Homecoming on the on the streaming service? I thought your argument was that Alil would have a problem with Spider-Man potentially being on the Disney named streaming service because of its adult content. Well, I am solving that problem by not naming that service Disney and having Spider-Man Homecoming on that service. Yeah, but That's I think the, I think sense. the name is more attractive when you have Disney in the title. I think more people are going to jump to it. I have no idea I, who, what PlayStation. I, I have no idea what PlayStation View is. If it's got the brand new Star Wars show on it for the first time and all the content, <laughs> who gives a fuck if Disney's in the title? The shit is there, and we'll all know it. It's irrelevant whether the word Disney is in the title of the streaming service. It makes more than zero sense. I think every argument you've had has made more than zero sense. I'll concede to at least. Everything you've said has been more than 0% accurate. I think you're being a little bit tough on the point I'm trying to make here. No, I just think that, like, I don't know why uh, why you would want to name it something other than Disney when that's what you're offering. Like, Because you want to think outside the box and eventually have everyone subscribe into this thing instead of just your Disney files. And you yourself recognize that that's the case because this is where we're streaming Star Wars and Marvel shit, too. Yeah, but it's, it's everything. It's not Disney's streamathon. Okay. All right. Fair enough. They're going to call it the Everything Channel. I don't know. I don't know what they're I'm gonna... not that guy. If I could come up with the fucking million dollar name to call everything, I'd, I'd have that job. I, I don't. You know, I can't, I can't back up what I'm trying to say with the perfect name, unfortunately. All right. We'll see but what they But there's people call. who get paid to do that kind of thing, and they're not just going to call this thing Disney Streams, right? No, 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 no. Disney is just like, okay, just like with more than zero. No, what I'm saying is like, you've got, okay, you've got companies like Comcast, which their company is called Comcast, but their, 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 their technology is called Xfinity. You've got Apple, but their, their technology is called iPhone. Disney would come out with their Disney channel, but their product would be called something else. But I can't see them leaving Disney out of the name somewhere. You got Apple iPhone, you got Comcast Xfinity, you got Disney whatever. It'd be called Disney something. That's that's all I was saying. 
Yeah, I just think that something is going to be is the branding, and that's what's what they're going to do. It's going to give them the potential to have more adult content on there. Do you and think for, that for them oh, to be a, a success and go on and on, it's going to take more than just Marvel and Star Wars. It's going to it's going to be, have to be all encompassing. Do you think this is something they'll actually be weighing in a boardroom somewhere? Also, like the merit of well, we can have potentially more content on in a wider. A variety of ratings if we go with a different name or we can stick with the Disney name and maybe have less content because Disney brings up the wholesome image. Yeah, I don't know. I think Roku's and Apple TV's and what most people are streaming on it make it really easy to adjust parental controls. I mean, I don't have a kid or anything, but I've messed with it just to see how it is. And like doing that on Netflix and Hulu on any of that stuff, it's very simple to put blocks on what you don't want people watching. Why wouldn't the company Disney want to become the new Netflix and be number one? They got to think outside the box and future proof themselves and go like, we can smash Netflix. They could think that it, they got to be like shed the Disney name, but keep it relevant at the same time. They could put the Disney company underneath the, the new, whatever they call it and say Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, Disney, your place for all this stuff. And they can brand it something underneath it, say a Walt Disney company, if they want to keep the Disney name there. They could destroy yeah. Netflix if they wanted to. I think they're that's just going to turn it into a fucking – they're going to turn it into a huge porn service. It's just going to be fucking like Princess Jasmine fucking the Punisher. It's going to be Luke Skywalker, <laughs> and he's going to be fucking uh, Ariel. It's just going to be that fucking lobster fucking like fisting. Hey, that uh, sounds fantastic. The though. genie and shit. Right. I think it's just going to be one huge gigantic porn service where – People just watch animated porn, and uh, Doctor Strange is going to be giving somebody the stranger on a subway train. I don't know. Whatever. Well, this will be on the Cinemax channel on the Disney Network, so, like, <laughs> it won't matter. Well, no, it's really gonna, about time for that, though, because that stuff is super hard to find on Google searches. If they're going to have all that, then I go back to saying they should have the Disney branding in the name of the service. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just I don't know. I guess uh I guess I sound like an idiot, but I think that the Disney name it's going to be Disney. Of course they're going to call it something. I don't know. I don't think they're going to call it like Disney Stream. I just thought Disney I don't think you sound like an idiot. No, I think you're right about the Netflix characters as well. But like who else is going to come now though? Netflix shows like maybe Blade and and maybe Moon Knight. I can't think of anyone else that fits in that, in that dark universe that they've made. Of course, of course, of course they would want their, they would want that to be on the service. But maybe, like right now, they haven't made that announcement. And I think like that announcement hasn't been made because they're still trying to figure out how to do that. How, how can we, how can we bring those things over? How can we get them over? I don't know. Agreed. Agreed. That's the only reason we have an argument. I mean, it's all, I'm just pontificating about what they're going to do. I I, I don't think it's like out of the realm of like, it's, it's crazy for me to think that Disney might be worried about their image and like what they would have like on a Disney streaming service. Because no, I never once said it was, I, I agreed with you that they could do that. And I also don't think it's out of the realm that they could think bigger and try to just be the, the, the streaming service. But just like to, to call this, to call it, Something completely that doesn't even have Disney in the title anywhere. It's just I I'm trying to wrap my head around it, Jake, and I don't know. You'll, identi- you'll identify it as what it is. It won't need Disney in the title. You're, you're, trying to tell me that, you're trying to tell me if I say 
I'm just, let's just name the thing fucking Swiss cheese, okay? If I tell you, if I tell you that the brand new Star Wars show is debuting on Swiss cheese, you're telling me tomorrow you're forgetting the name of that, of that Yeah, thing? but I'm t- also telling you that certain people out there are gonna see Swiss cheese and not know what the fuck it is. I'm telling but you. But they're gonna learn what it is. They won't know it the first. The shit they want is that. I have to tell, I have to tell people all the time what PlayStation View is. I, somebody had to tell me what but PlayStation the shit View they, is. What's there that people want? Are they like, oh, is, who's saying, man, where is Powers? How do I get it? No, 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 no. Jake, that's not all PlayStation View is. If you want to fucking watch AMC, if you want to watch all these channels, they give you all these channels and they basically cut the price in half of your fucking satellite or cable provider. But what's exclusive there that I want that's making it something that I'm talking about in the media and in pop culture? I'm just saying, like, not everybody is going to know that Swiss cheese carries Marvel and Swiss cheese carries this and that. There are some Everyone s- that cares about Star Wars and Marvel properties will, and that's a, that's a lot of people. It'll be on the internet. It'll spread really quickly. Yeah, but if you call it Disney or Marvel or whatever the fuck, they're going to know right off the bat. That's all I'm saying. And then you, and then you suffer the limitations of naming your service that. Well, maybe you've got to subscribe to what the channels you want. I'll just subscribe to Marvel and Star Wars, if that's the case, and then you can choose what you want. Maybe they'll yeah. do it that way. Yeah, see, well, that's why I don't like this anyway. Just complicate shit. Just keep it on Netflix. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just keep it on Netflix. That way I don't have to spend fucking ten bucks more to fucking watch this shit. It's just sucks. It's, it's Netflix's. It's Netflix's fault, man. They were ahead of the time, and now, now you have to suffer. I just don't want to spend ten more dollars every month to pay for Swiss cheese. <laughs> the Star Wars, though, the Star Wars hey. yeah, but that's where the new Star Wars. I'll let you borrow my password for you know, Swiss cheese. I got you. Yeah. yeah, you know where all those, <laughs> you know where all those holes came in the Swiss cheese from my dick, because that's where I'm getting fucked. They came from yeah. Mickey's dick. That's yeah. the part they don't. That's the Disney <laughs> part. Uh, all right, we're done with news, and I'm done. I'm done bitching about this shit um so we're gonna move on to marvel news but we're gonna take a quick break greetings leftover army pop culture leftovers is the people's podcast they're always looking for new writers and youtube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them in all honesty they're not even sure frank can read but their listeners can so send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com, and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you, and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at instagram.com slash popcultureleftovers and on Tumblr at popcultureleftovers2.tumblr.com. If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster. All right. Hey, we are back. Good break. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, it was good times. Good times. Uh, let's move on into uh, Marvel News.
Marvel news. Question. Hey, would Spider-Man even, Spider-Man Homecoming, would it even be on the Disney streaming because it's Sony? Oh. Ooh. Solid question. Marvel Studios still there. See, like, people are freaking the fuck out. You know, like, people are talking about, like, oh, I can't believe, like, uh, Pepper Potts was in uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming film. And it's like, well, that wasn't a Marvel Studios film. Sony paid the bill to have her back in that movie. It wasn't, it wasn't Marvel. So like, this is totally different. You know, like, are we going to get Sony Spider-Man films on the, uh, Disney streaming service? Is that even possible? Cause that could still happen my, on Netflix. Cause it's, my it's, guess would be they'd work it out and they would make it so it was on the, uh, Disney streaming service. Sony will come out with their own streaming service and they'll call it, they won't call it Sony streaming. <laughs> they call it. Uh, they call it Camembert cheese. Yeah. Well, what what gives them the, what gives them the notability to do such thing? All these Sony movies. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's where they're going to have the awesome Dark Tower series. So you're going to have to remember that. You'll have to remember the name of the network. <laughs> All right. So we got uh, we got our first official images of Josh Brolin as Cable. Tweeted out by Ryan Reynolds. What did you guys think about these first images of uh, Cable? It looks sick. I think it was great. Ben loves it. Yeah, I thought, I really it, liked I thought it. it looked. I thought it looked suitable. It, 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 I didn't think it looked bad, but it didn't make me fist pump. I kind of want to see it in motion. You know, it looked kind of airbrushy. Did so. you not? You didn't see the set videos that were shown. On the, uh, there's a news channel in Vancouver. I posted it on, uh, PCL's webpage, uh, PCL's Facebook page. There were set videos that were shown, and we got to see a little bit of cable in action. Of course, it was like behind the scenes set shit. But, okay. uh, I did, I did post some of that stuff. Um, yeah, that looked pretty cool. Yeah. Did I, that look better? I liked it. I thought it looked pretty cool. I, I like what they're doing with the character. I, some people are saying, like, you know, he looks too small for Cable. And I, yeah, I, it goes back to, like, you know, wasn't Hugh Jackman too tall for Wolverine? You know, and that turned out okay. So I, I'm I don't want to. I don't want to kill a man, giving him as many roids as it would take to make him look like a Leafield character. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, you'd have to get – Nobody's going to look like uh, – you'd have to go like back to Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day, w- the way he looked. You'd have to like get one of these guys that are you know into heavy into lifting and you know yeah. all that and shit. And I hope no they can nets. act on top of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's only so many Batistas out there and it's just – I don't know. I, I thought he looked good. I, I thought he looked good as Cable. I like it. I – I'm going to give him a high taste it, and I love his excitement for the character too. So, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, that's great rating. I'm going to give it a taste it. So, looks yeah. good enough. Did you guys see the uh, teddy bear that was strapped to his utility belt? Yeah, that's good stuff. Nice little, nice little Easter egg there. That's cool. So, I hadn't caught that. Are they leading up to Hope Summers? Is that what's happening here? Like, some are saying that this is Hope Summer's teddy bear. And, you know, in the comics, she was like the the mutant messiah. You know, the first mutant baby born after M-Day. You know, when uh, Scarlet Witch said no more mutants. Do you think that uh, they're leading up to that and that this could be a crossover with, like, the regular Singer X-Men universe? 
Why not? I don't know about that, but I definitely think they're going to do Hope. I mean, she's basically the X-Men's Ray. So it feels like they're definitely going to do that. Why for like wouldn't they, the, right? For like the X-Force? Yeah. Yeah, you know, she's almost that same character, basically. You know, oh, we haven't had mutants for this long. And then, oh, here's this mutant. Why does she have these powers? Who are her parents? Where'd she come from? <laughs> yeah, it just seems weird that they would show him with a with a teddy bear strapped to his utility belt, you know, in that first picture. Yeah, for sure. I instantly thought of Hope, too, when I saw it and said, yeah, that's why didn't I think they were going to do that character before? Seems like a no-brainer. David Letch, uh, the director for Deadpool 2, he also talked about the relationship of Cable and Deadpool in the film. He said, Cable has a really interesting and complex backstory. Obviously, no film could ever encapsulate the entire backstory. So I think we'll find the first introduction is about who this character is. When you look at Cable and Deadpool comic book series, you see how there is banter between them. Whether they are on opposite sides or not, they are definitely formidable to each other. One is frustrating to the other. The chemistry between Ryan and Josh Brolin is amazing. It's not unlike what you see in the Cable and Deadpool series. So it doesn't sound like it's going to be like 100% origin comic book, you know, but it also sounds like it's going to have the same dynamic, that same relationship that they have in the comics. Yeah, that's all good news. I like everything you're saying there. So, yeah, the chemistry between the two in the comic book was kind of the fun of that comic. And it kind of, just like the comic, it, it really didn't delve too much into uh, doing much with, like, the origin story. It was just about smushing these two different characters together and putting them on a rollicking adventure, you know? Right, exactly. So, you guys looking forward to the Inhumans TV show coming out? <laughs> in, 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 a, in, in one way I am I'm not seeing it Jake I'm sorry I'm not going to the theater I'm not paying IMAX money to go see this in IMAX you can, I'll do it if you want to do it you can do it and you can report on it I'm not doing it I refuse to I am not going to I'll go to the front I'll go to the front lines man it'll be like Saving Private Ryan yeah. the trailers will be on and I'll be puking in my hat yeah, if, I'm letting I'll let you be the sacrificial lamb. I'm not doing this fucking shit. I refuse to. Like the trailers look absolutely awful. Um, but I'm going to talk about the this this variety report. Uh, Jeff Loeb, he got really defensive with the press, and I'm going to read from this interview. Um, Marvel head of television Jeff Loeb defended the studio's upcoming series in Humans. Sunday at the Television Critics Association press tour against assertions that the TV show's premiere episode does not match the quality of previous Marvel efforts. Uh, quote, I can tell you that it was written on the material that you were given that the show that you have seen is not the finished product, Loeb said, when asked whether the series had turned out as he had hoped. If you're asking me whether or not it was done... It is not. So to be perfectly honest, I don't understand your question. Well, so getting a little, getting a little, def <laughs> getting a little defensive there, Jeff, about your little Inhumans TV show. Um, Maybe other people have been critical about it too. I don't know. Trailers for the forthcoming action adventure series, whose first two episodes will premiere as a 75-minute movie in IMAX theaters. And three scenes screened last month at Comic-Con have drawn negative reactions on social media. The first episode of the show was made available for TCA members to screen prior to Sunday's press tour presentation. 
When one reporter prefaced a question with an assertion that the quality episode shown to critics was not suitable to IMAX screens, Loeb said, I think you're making an editorial statement, and I'm wondering what the question is. Wow. He's like the king of deflecting. <laughs> yeah, that's he's getting real snippy there. I, I think this is a guy that's getting real – he's getting a real, like, carpet burn from all these critics and all the stuff they're saying here. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Not I just, good. Not good. I, just, I don't see what they can do in uh, – in 30 more days, that's going to make this shit not look like garbage on the iMac. It's, no, it's not done yet, though. It's not done. Yeah. They got I'll more shut work. shut up. I'll shut my mouth. Wait. You're, no, you're going to see it. You're going to see it in September. What is it? September 1st or whenever the fuck it comes out? Yeah. I ain't going to see that shit. I ain't paying. <laughs> fuck that. I'm what if I What if I report back that it's fucking amazing? Uh, I'm, not, I'm still not going to go see it. I'll wait until it comes out. I'll wait until it comes out on ABC. When it comes out in ABC late September, I'm not going to go pay to see this garbage. No, if it's on ABC, you'll be able to. Let's all talk. Let's all talk at the same time. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's scared to talk. Come on, you'll somebody be able to like bootleg it. You, you, I'm somehow you'll be able to watch it. I'm sure like Shooty will have some kind of hookup or something. All right, Ben, what are you thinking? I'm just saying, if it's on ABC, won't ABC be on Swiss cheese? So you can watch it on that. Disney on ABC, don't they? All right, Ben. You don't need to go get me in trouble again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brian got all pissy about that with Jake, and me and Jake got into it and shit. Whatever. Fuck off. Whatever. <laughs> I still think – I don't think – I wasn't doing it for that. I'm just saying ABC stuff will be on that. I stand, I stand my goddamn ground that Disney's not going to leave Disney out of the fucking name or the title of the streaming service. No, but ABC will be on it, though. That's what I mean. ABC will probably be on it. ABC programming. I'll watch it when it's on ABC. I'll watch it when it's on ABC. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to drive an hour away to watch Inhumans on the IMAX screen when the trailers don't look good. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody can say, "Oh, it looks fine." Oh, it looks fine. I don't want to see a fine show. I want to see something that looks amazing. I want people. I want like. I want it to. I want it to look like. Oh my god! I just watched the trailer for the Inhumans. TV show and it looks incredible. Oh my god, I can't wait yeah. to see this show. And I, I have I, to go to the IMAX. I have to go to the IMAX to see that. It's the only way to see this is in the IMAX. It was shot in IMAX. I've got to see it in IMAX. This is the only way to see this show. And that's not the truth here. These trailers are not amazing. They're not like they're not blowing me away. So there, there's there's no part of me that like makes me think like I have to go see this. In the IMAX, I have to pay that IMAX upcharge to go see this to get this experience. I feel like I, I feel like this is a show that can wait for the end of September when ABC does premiere it. I, I don't think you're that, the smart one. You're 100 percent correct. Oh, I got, I got to go see this shit early because wow, man, oh my god, like I talk to me about the scenes in the trailers that blew you away. None of them. Because I can uh, lock, 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 lock jaw, yeah. Yeah, oh, not Joe. <laughs> like, oh, well, sure, sure. I like, just watch Okja. I mean, there's a cute little pig in that movie. Just watch that. It's not Lockjaw, though. So, yeah, I know it's not Lockjaw, but I don't want to. I mean, just then call the fucking show. Call it Lockjaw. <laughs> call it Lockjaw and IMAX. Because what I, I, I d- would. Because what I saw is is 
And then I don't mean to sound like a complete asshole here, but it was not great. Like what I saw, there was nothing in this that stood out to me like, oh my God, I can't wait for this to come out. This looks it absolutely looks incredible. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks like someone recorded a play. It's it ridiculous. Does. I can't believe it's Black Bolt and Medusa. I'm shaking my head thinking, come on, Marvel, how are you letting this pass? This is something DC would do. It looks awful. It looks really bad. I, yeah, I'm not going to go... things they've ever done. As much as I love... I don't know. I don't know if I would go see, like, The Flash and IMAX. You know, I love The Flash TV show. But, like, if they told me, like, I could watch the first episode a month before everybody else if I go to the IMAX and watch it. Yeah. And I've I've watched three seasons of The Flash... I feel like that that's just better suited for watching it at home. Like, I've enjoyed watching it at home. I don't know if I would yeah. go out to the theaters even three seasons deep. And as much as I love that show, and as for as much as I'm, I can't wait to see what they do um, with this uh, fourth season and how much they're comparing it to, like, the new Rebirth and, like, they're going to be taking a lot from that. I, I, I just don't, don't know where the money went for this Inhumans thing. Like, yeah. if they did... If they dumped like ten million into a Flash episode and put it and filmed it in IMAX, then maybe you would be excited and go see it. Like they claim to have done that for this, but where did where did the fucking money go? Where's my amazing action scene that's that's supposed to get me invested in this? Like that's the thing about like the Marvel Netflix series, like like the Daredevil stuff. We were all bitching about like the black suit. Like oh my god, I can't believe it doesn't look like daredevil it looks like the brian bendis daredevil and you know i don't want to see this i want to see the traditional daredevil suit and then when we watched it we're like and they finally got in the actual daredevil suit we're like oh my god i missed that black suit <laughs> i'm yeah you know i miss i go that. on record i go on record for not bitching about the black suit on this podcast i right away said it was cool john Romita jr frank miller stuff yeah okay all right, Jake, you're you're the big winner today, aren't you? No, you said we. You, I just you were speaking for me, and you said we all. I, I was just making. Sure. No, I know, I know, I know. I'm I not do, trying to make myself better than anyone or be the big winner. You are, you are. You're the big Vegas winner today. I'm seriously. I'm putting you up in a hotel for the night for free. You're the big winner. You get the continental breakfast in the morning. All right, I, I, I'm like I was like I was one of those people like I don't know I don't know how they were going to do it without like the traditional daredevil suit. And then when I finally watched the series and then he was in that suit, I actually missed the old suit. I missed the black suit. I, I kind of fell in love with that. And like the way that they showed that on screen. So, yeah, same here. Oh, oh yeah. The man without fear shit is awesome. Yeah. It was really cool. It was really cool. And like, I don't know in this, there's even in that, like we, I can tell you, like, the trailers for, like, the Daredevil shit was way cooler than this. I, I saw no amazing action scenes that really got me, like, kind of invested with anything that's going on in this Inhumans trailer, in any of the trailers that I've seen. There's just really nothing. It's just basically living and dying on the Marvel name, the fact that it's coming out on IMAX, and the fact that you've got an oversized dog that looks really cute. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's it. I know I can't even play devil's advocate here. It looks like it looks like a fucking garbage fire. Yeah, it does. <laughs> terrible. Joe, Joe, are you loving this new human shit? Talk to me. Well, my closest IMAX screen is over ninety minutes away. Mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, <laughs> definitely not doing that for Inhumans. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the thing that's blowing my mind is that they, they're, they're putting all this promotion to, you know, come see it in IMAX. Well, if the trailer looks like shit on my iPhone, how's it going to look on that huge freaking screen with the awesome definition and everything? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Medusa's freaking five head in that trailer just... Medusa's <laughs> weak. It's oh, bad. Man. It's really bad. And like when they tried to like be like, hey, we're going to show your with the hair moving in the second trailer. It's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. It was so bad. <laughs> yeah, we've got and, and they've shown additional scenes of the hair moving since then. And it doesn't look any better. It really doesn't. So <laughs> you fucking jerks. Jeff Loeb says it's not finished. <laughs> in their defense, that's got to be a really weird thing to animate. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> to put it on an IMAX screen, it's oh, oh, what a risk. Wow. Uh, all right, guys, moving on. Uh, but, but, but James Gunn talked with Cinema Blend about Teenage Groot at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and he confirmed that that post credit scene takes place around the time of Infinity War. He said, he's exactly the same. That's exactly the Groot we designed for Infinity War. Well, basically, those are at the same time. So that post credit scene in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 takes around takes place around the same time as uh, Infinity War. So I was wondering that at the end of the movie. Like, uh, are we going to get a full-grown Groot by the time we get to Infinity War? Then we heard we're going to get Teenage Groot in Infinity War. So it makes sense that this post credit scene is placed around the time of Infinity War. Yeah, I was kind of selfishly hoping that we were going to have a full-grown Groot by Infinity War somehow. Just to see that, like, teamed up with, like, you know, a Thor and a Hulk and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Maybe by the second Infinity War film, whatever that is, we'll get that. Oh, yeah. Infinity War, not part two. Yeah. Actor Riz Ahmed, he plays, uh, he played Bodhi Rook in uh, Rogue One, is in talks to play a character in the Venom film, according to Variety. While details on Ahmed's role have not yet been revealed, sources say that he'll be playing a popular Marvel Comics character. Sony had no comment on the casting. And then, like a day later, Tracking Board is hearing from two different sources. One saying it's confirmed, and the other saying it's not confirmed, but they're saying that Riz Ahmed will be playing Carnage. Yeah, what other major character is there, right? Yeah, when you're not having Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Doing the whole Venom Carnage thing, movie one. It's just shoot all the fireworks in one shot, right? Yeah. Not too excited about this news. All right, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no one else. No one else wants to talk about this topic. Yeah, I don't really understand. I just don't understand what Sony are doing. I don't trust them in anything they do when it comes to Spider Man. Can we can we take a break real quick? Yeah, yeah. Decisions. Let's take a break. All right, yeah, we're back. You know what? I was uh, yeah. Fuck Marvel news. Stupid this week. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Fuck DC news too. By the way. Yes. (laughs) I've got it. It's dumb. It's uh, you know. Give me the blurbs. Uh, Joe Morton. 
plays uh, Silas Stone. He's Cyborg's father in Justice League. He talked to IGN and revealed the reshoots were to lighten up the character of Cyborg. I'll toss it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Doug Lyman talked about why he left Justice League Dark. He said, you know, I develop more movies than I make. There's a weed-out process, and it's just that when you get to the comic book one, suddenly everybody hears about them, so the script never got to a place that was special enough for me, not for lack of trying. So it uh, doesn't add up to like what he was talking about like a month or two ago when he said it was scheduling conflicts, so that's completely different. So Yeah, that's true. It's a great point, though, about how we, we do – it's way more high profile when it's the comic book movies sure. that people are dipping in and dipping out of. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, Doug Lyman. You lie. You're a lie man. Lie. <laughs> it's in his goddamn name. It's his, yeah, I can't blame the guy. It's his fucking name. It's a yeah. fucking liar. Hey, I'm going to do this comic book movie. No, I'm not. I, I'm not connecting with the character. I'm going to, oh, no, I'm going to move on to this comic book movie because he left Gambit. Because he didn't connect with the story. And he's like, I'm going to do Justice League Dark. And then he's like, nah, fuck that. I'm out. See ya. <laughs> fuck off. Let's move on. Let's move into Star Wars news. I, you know, the DC news is bullshit. The Marvel news is bullshit. Um, let's move into Star Wars news. How about that? Let's just do it. Let's do, there's a shit ton of Star Wars news that came out this week. How about that? All right. Star Wars news. <laughs> You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers Podcast. It's not true. That's impossible. All right. Wednesday, Entertainment Weekly, they dumped a ton of Star Wars news and pictures for everybody. So we're going to cover that in great detail. Uh, Ryan Johnson talked with Entertainment Weekly, and he got into how the resistance is now affected by the destruction of the Republic. When uh, we saw them basically eradicated in The Force Awakens, he said, They're a small band that's now cut off on its own and hunted when the Republic is shattered. When the First Order did hit that, uh, when the First Order did that hit, did hit that. It's like he's talking about them fucking them. <laughs> they, they hit that. They hit that shit. <laughs> the resistance is isolated and they're very, very vulnerable. That's where we pick them oh, up. That's when you hit that shit. That's when you hit that shit, man. When they're vulnerable, <laughs> that's when you bend them over and you fucking show them, you know, what's good, you know. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Ryan. Jeez. All right. Uh, he also said, "I don't want to tip the hat too much, but I will say that the heat is immediately turned up on the resistance. Everybody is put in a pressure cooker right away, and relationships crack and strain under that pressure." That was really interesting to me, the notion of putting this small army under a lot of external pressure and showing some of the results within the resistance itself. Yeah, that's that sounds exciting. That's classic Star Wars, right? You show the good guys, and then immediately they're getting fucked over or blasted upon by someone, right? Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. He also uh, did and didn't talk about Admiral Holdo in the film, played by Laura Dern. And uh, the mystery surrounding that character, he said, uh, the, secre the secrecy does have a purpose in that part of the fun with Laura's character with Admiral Holdo is figuring out what a relationship is to everybody as you go along throughout the movie. So, 
Go ahead. Yeah, that's interesting, especially now that with the reveal you said that Johnson said earlier about knowing that they're cut off from the larger forces, that does bring into question what this Holdo character's involvement is, right? Because she's obviously not with the small band at first. Yeah, she's with a um, she's with a larger group of the resistance. Like we've heard, like her forces are pretty formidable, and the ships that she has are pretty formidable. Um, we don't know a lot about her. We know she's got purple hair. We've seen her pictures. Star Wars Wikia says Admiral Holdo uh, was a female human who served as a vice admiral in the resistance during its conflict with the First Order. Um, the rumors have Holdo described as a proxy for General Leia, confirming that she is a high-ranking member of the resistance and... Lucasfilm Story Group member Pablo Hidalgo broached Holdo's racial heritage, uh, confirming that she is human and that her striking pink hair was to do with her cultural background. So apparently where she comes from, people love cotton candy. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Some of these quotes make me wonder if something, if this character is going to do something very negative. Like, maybe she'll hand over a bunch of ships willingly to the First Order. Maybe she'll defect. I I don't know. I, I know that she's she's rumored to be kind of like the uh, nemesis to Poe Dameron. So, according, yeah. you know, according to MakingStarWars.net, they're claiming that Poe is a captain now. So there's, like, a divided resistance with her involved. And some may fight with her, and then others are going to choose to follow Poe Dameron. And it might be like a power struggle, like mutiny on Poe's behalf. So I, that's, that's really all I know about her. I don't know too much about this character other than that, you know, they say, I guess Leia is taken out of the, the, out of the fight and then she has a lot of the power coming in here. And Poe, who feels like he's kind of like a surrogate son to Leia, now is dealing with, uh, Laura Dern's character of Holdo, and they don't see eye to eye on a lot of shit. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm excited. I, I I love Laura Dern, so this could be a really fascinating, multifaceted character. Yeah, she was really good in that uh, 99 Homes movie with um, uh, oh, um, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Oh, she was so good in that. We also found out some info, finally found out some info on Benicio Del Toro's character. How closely, hey, uh, Ben, uh, Joe, how closely are you guys following this Star Wars shit? Uh, just pretty much as much as you guys cover it. Ben? Yeah, same. same. Yeah, about the same, really. I mean, I'm not super, super into Star Wars, but, like, I enjoy it. Oh, this is a perfect segment for you. <laughs> no. I like it, like, when you talk about it. Like, I, I know some of the characters, you know, like, I'm not, like, casual in that way, where, like, I only know the characters in the films, but I'm not, like, diehard into it, like, oh. some people. Yeah, well, I can't wait to get your insight on a lot of this stuff, then. Sorry. No. It's, it's, it sucks <laughs> that DC and Marvel knew something this week, because I've talked about all that. All I know. It, I mean, it was really light on that stuff. It, it basically, like, yeah. this week was just, like, a huge dump from Entertainment Weekly about Star Wars and... And, um, yeah, it's cool, man. yeah. I mean, if I know any, if I, if I feel like I've got anything I can say that's like of interest, then I'll talk about it. But if it's something I don't know, then I probably won't say anything at all. Uh, they did talk about Benicio del Toro's character a little bit. Uh, his official name, his character name has not been released yet. 
He's just been given like the on-set code name of DJ. All we know about him that basically he's a shady character. He hasn't pledged allegiance to anybody. Entertainment Weekly, they talked with John Boyega, and he gave us more info about the character. He said, we just need a code breaker, and he's the best in the galaxy. Unfortunately, he's very dodgy and only in it for financial gain. He doesn't fight for any side. He has distinct opinions. The resistant, the resistance bombs the First Order one day. The First Order bombs the resistance on another. It's an ongoing war that will never end. For him, he's trying to benefit off of that, which doesn't make him the person you want to trust. So when I read that quote, he, he <laughs> he's kinda, Lando. Well, he sounds like Hondo, Hondo Anaka from the Clone Wars and Rebels to me. Mm. A guy that's trying, trying to like profit on the fighting in the galaxy. That's exactly like where, where, what I was thinking of. He's, he sounds a lot like Hondo. He's not Hondo. I'm not saying he's not, I'm not saying he's Hondo. Right, don't open that can of worms. I know. That's the thing that people are going to like, Ezra. they're going to misconstrue my words here and say, it sounds like they're setting him up to be the Lando of the piece though. <laughs> the guy that they, they, kind of trust that ends up selling them down the river yeah 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 like just so you guys know hondo is a weak way he's an alien called a weak way and uh dj is human he looks to be human star wars wikia has him listed as a human so that's what i'm gonna go with but i want to go i want to go back to this code breaker stuff so code breaker is kind of like in our in our language it's kind of like a hacker so we're going to get more into that kind of stuff when it comes to the Star Wars, like hacking into like computer systems. But in the Star Wars universe, it's actually called a slicer. And if you guys remember, we heard about Justin Thoreau's character in Star Wars Episode Eight being called a slicer. Justin Thoreau from The Leftovers, he's going to be in this movie. And he was actually described as being called a slicer. So we don't know if he's like working with DJ or if he's like a different slice, like a, like a different slicer that's working against him. So like maybe John Boyega is looking for a code breaker and comes across Justin Thoreau and he's not the guy for them. And maybe he suggests DJ or they're, they could be working together or they could be rival slicers. We don't know, but we know that. Yeah. yeah go ahead. I kind of imagine that I was going to say, they probably just go to Canto bite and probably go to the place where they know code break. Yeah. Uh, breakers or, or slicers are likely to hang out, you know, and, and yeah. I think you're exactly right. He's going to run in the throw first and it'll, it'll either be a referral or just, he's so fucking creepy enough that they just move on to the next guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, or like he, yeah, he like, uh, he's a referral. Like, Hey, yeah, check this guy out. I can't do what you're asking, but the only guy that can do it is this guy or they're like rivals. Exactly. So we'll find out. Yeah. He's like a Ponda Baba and like tries yeah. to like attack Finn and Rose and they move on. You never know. <laughs> hey, Ben, did you watch The Force Awakens? Did you like that movie? Uh, yeah, I did. I liked it a lot. Uh, Joe, what did you think about The Force Awakens? Yeah, I loved it. Did you? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys love like the characters that were introduced to, like the new characters, or was it like uh, the promise of old characters? that really got you into it? Or did you fall in love with like Ray and Finn and Poe and, and these characters, um, Kylo? I, I like Ray. 
I think I'm looking forward to seeing more Ray in uh, Last Jedi. Uh, Finn as well. Poe, I just think I want to like him, but people like talk about him, and I and I watch him in this film. I've seen it like three times now, and I just think mm, he hasn't really done much yet. It's like Captain Phasma, she hasn't done anything. Sure. But I want him to oh, do yeah. stuff. You oh, I want to like. Compare- don't compare Poe to Captain Phasma. <laughs> Thank no, you. no, I, I'm not comparing them. I just mean like talk, people like love Captain Phasma and they got Funko Pops and figures and they they got posters of her. And I'm thinking she was only in it for like four minutes. Like, calm down. This character they talk about Poe Dameron like he's like this like he's like he's Vader. I you like, know so- when it comes to Phasma, Ben, I'm gonna blame marketing. I'm gonna blame marketing because like they they get uh, like here we go. We got this fucking badass silver stormtrooper. And, uh, they really like, you know, the toys, you know, like I had bought like the, uh, you know, they had like the black series phasma and, uh, you know, the Disney store phasma <laughs> that was like the, uh, the metal, you know, the pewter metal and all that shit. Like I, I bought uh, I all that too. shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. fucked yeah. up on that one. So anyway, they tried, to pull the same, neck one more. they tried to pull the same trick in Rogue One with the death troopers in my opinion. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so what's going to be? What's the Rogue One Death Trooper Captain Phasma, or I mean the uh, Last Jedi version? Uh, is it going to be Execution Stormtroopers? Oh, surely it will be. Is it going to be the? <laughs> yeah, is it going to be the Praetorian Guards, or is it going to be the? Ex- <gasps> you know, the uh, is it going to be Praetorian Guards, or is it going to be Executioner Stormtroopers? Those are both good candidates. It could be both of them <laughs> because we know the Executioner Stormtroopers are going to follow Phasma, and then we know that the Praetorian Guards are Snoke's boys. So we'll find Ooh, out. Fa- following Phasma seems like not the good one. Yeah. I think you want to follow Snoke to not look like a chump. We found out a lot more about film. Uh, uh, excuse me, Finn in this film. Uh, we know that he's going to be in a back to suit at the beginning of the film. He's going to be healing up from the injuries that he suffered from Kylo Ren. But we also saw him in. Uh, He's piloting now. He's he's in actually he's in one of the speeders that we saw on the new planet crate where we see like the red dust, you know, behind those speeders. Yes. And they're going up against the gorilla walkers. Finn is actually going to be piloting one of the speeders now. So like in the first film, in The Force Awakens, he needed a pilot to get off of the base. He's a pilot now himself. He doesn't need a pilot anymore. He's a pilot now. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Awesome. Do you think he's really going to be a good pilot, though? We know much time passage hasn't really happened. I don't know. I maybe, mean, you know, I think maybe like... Maybe that's going to be a source for a joke. Well, I'm hoping uh, that he's a decent pilot hanging out with Poe and, you know, becoming a good friend with him. He's never going to be Poe Dameron when it comes to being a pilot, but hopefully yeah. he'll be good. Yeah, that's interesting. We know that he's going to be spending a good portion of this movie hanging out with a character now, Rose Tico, who is a resistance mechanic. Uh, both her and her sister Paige Tico know, we found out from Entertainment Weekly that they know about the girl that defeated Kylo Ren as, uh, as well as like, you know, Finn. And, uh, you know, him being a part of, like, the resistance and being a part of, like, you know, those that defeated Kylo Ren and Phasma. And they regard him as, like, this great hero. And then she meets him and realizes, like, he's not this hero that she thought he was. 
<laughs> but she thinks that she can help him become that guy. You know, like that's the thing. Like these Star Wars, it's like you know, Ray had heard of like Han Solo and Luke Skywalker, and like these are stories that are passed down. And the same thing goes for like Rose Tico and Paige Tico. They're hearing about you know the girl, you know, and you know the guy that helped her, you know, Finn, and. We know from watching The Force Awakens that Finn tried to bail on that mission. He was trying to fucking, like, get the fuck out of Dodge. He wasn't <laughs> the hero that they think he is. And so when she meets him, she's like, she's kind of starstruck. She's like, you know, she's like, man, if she could, she'd probably, like, want him to get an autograph. But she finds out, like, he's not the person that, you know, that she thinks he is. But she thinks that there's potential there. And I, I love this. I, I, I think that this is great. I think this is going to be great. I hope that, that this, uh, Rose Tico is a great character because like, you know, I loved Ray. I loved Poe. I loved these characters that I was introduced to in The Force Awakens, but I absolutely hated Jyn Erso. Jyn Erso was unbearable in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's going to be that problem here because I don't know about you guys, but I, I watching the Star Wars celebration stuff, I absolutely fell in love with Kelly Marie Tran and I think she's really gonna light up the screen. I, I think her and Boyega are gonna have fantastic chemistry. Yeah. And it's one of the subplots I'm most excited for. Yeah. We find out Yeah, that, this has a okay. potential to be a really cool one. With um, yeah. I mean, I loved Finn's character in in um Force Awakens and his interplay with Ray was great and so there's gonna be a lot of moments for you know, probably comedic stuff when they when she first meets him, and um, Finn seems to really shine if he's got someone that believes in him. Because you know, I mean, that yeah. really kind of he really took to Ray in that you know she was looking up to him. She didn't look at him as a stormtrooper. What's great about these two characters is that we have Rose Tico, who's basically just like your simple resistance mechanic, and then we have Finn, who before the Force Awakens was in sanitation for the First Order. So we have a basically a janitor and a mechanic. And that's I mean they're going to be on missions together, undercover missions together. Uh we know we're going to get some BB8 involved with them as well. BB8's going to be hanging out with them as well, but like that's what I love about Star Wars. It's like, you know, you watch A New Hope and you have a farm boy taking on the galaxy. I love that, man. And that's what we're yeah. getting here is we're getting a fucking janitor and a mechanic you know, taking on the first order. And I think that, I think that this could be really cool. And I, and I agree with you, Jake, like Kelly Mary Tran is a very charming, charming young lady. And I can't wait to see her in this role. She's relatively unknown, has really not done anything before this. And that, you know, that's like, that's what Star Wars does is they make stars out of nobodies. Like, you know, Daisy Ridley had really done nothing before The Force Awakens. And now she's doing, you know, big time movies you know she's done an yeah. independent film and she's also going to be in some other stuff coming up but i mean yeah. orient express orient express movie. yeah and she did another she did an, i think she did she she voiced an animated film recently but uh, uh i think you're right about that i can um can i talk about rose for a bit yeah uh yeah i'm really i'm really excited for this character um like i said i, I fell in love with the actress um the Entertainment Weekly article was really enlightening about it, too, and I found it fascinating to find out that this was the first I read that her sister, Paige, 
Yeah. Is uh, fights on the front lines she's alongside Poe Dameron. Yes, she's a uh, gunner. She's a gunner. She's actually um, she's in a resistance bomber. She she's a gunner in one of the ball turrets in one of these resistance bombers. So I think that dynamic's really cool. So you know they're probably gonna. You're not gonna have that there without playing up a little bit of the sibling rivalry. You know. Like, I love it. Like she, Paige is like the one that destroys shit, and then Rose is the one that fixes stuff. Yeah. And I get a, I think it's going to be fun. I get a feeling that it's going to be Rose getting the getting the medal at the end of this movie, and maybe being the true hero over her her sister, who normally gets that honor. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that kind of stuff. Like just like you said, it's just classic Star Wars taking people out of their element and giving them that hero status. So yeah, yeah, this is going to be. I can't wait for Episode Eight. I'm feverish for it. So what are what are Rose and Finn doing? We find out we've heard rumors that the stormtroopers think that Finn is undercover. You know, the stormtroopers they they don't know that he helped to defeat Kylo Ren and that he was one of the, you know, he he was one of the guys that got Phasma to drop the shields in the Force Awakens. So it was kind of like the rumor is that it was covered up by Snoke, you know, so that the First Order wouldn't think that they were weak. So when we see Finn again, at fr- like like when the stormtroopers see Finn again, they think that he's been promoted to undercover stormtrooper because he's wearing post jacket. They think he's like undercover within the resistance. So like there's su- that's a rumor. That's making StarWars.net. They, they, like there's supposedly a scene where a stormtrooper like congratulates Finn on his promotion, then slaps him on the butt. And, like, that stormtrooper is rumored to be Tom Hardy. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Just like, well, well have you yeah. seen the, uh, in the, in the, 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 in the Force Awakens, Daniel Craig was the stormtrooper that interrogated <laughs> Ray in the last film. So they're, they're doing the same thing here. Have you seen the, uh, back of the Funko box where they show the Finn pop and he's in, like, the, uh, first order officer like outfit no i've seen the black series finn in the first order outfit is it okay same difference then. yeah so does, does that tie into that yes well yes and no yes and no i've heard that the stormtroopers see finn in the in the uh in poe dameron's jacket and they think he's undercover hmm, okay I don't know. That, that's a making StarWars.net rumor. That's nothing from EW, but that's what I've heard from them. But I, we do know from, like, the Black Series toys that he is going to be in a First Order outfit. So. Okay. That's interesting. I wonder I wonder when all that takes place. It, how long do you think he'll be in Imperial Undercover? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know when he gets into that outfit either. I don't know where he is. I know, like on Cano Bite, he's going to be in like, you know, Poe's jacket because like that's what I've seen. Yeah, exactly. And you got to imagine the Cano Bite stuff is going to be before the First Order stuff, right? So okay, interesting. So so do you think that he's going to Cano Bite? He's trying to find a hacker. And then they've got to sneak in. So do you think they're trying to infiltrate to get information like out of the First Order's mainframes or something like that? Mm, yeah, Snoke's location or something. Hmm. Hard saying. That's a good question, though. What is their end goal? What What are they doing all this espionage work for? 
there's got to be what's yeah. the star killer base here that they're trying to take down when they're on canto bite they are getting chased by the canto bite police that is i know that's a fact because there are we've seen pictures from guys dressed all in black and i think like their hats say cbp which is canto bite police department cbpd mm. and <laughs> They're right, like Finn and Rose are on a Favier, which is like that horse, that horse creature that we've seen from Entertainment Weekly, and we've seen leaked pictures of that before. And from what I've heard, that they're being chased. And I hear that Finn and Rose let out a bunch of these Faviers. So we'll get to see like a bunch of them like running into town in an action sequence. So it's not like we just see them riding on one five of the air. There's like multiple five of the airs behind them riding, uh, running like as a well. Big, like a big distraction. Yeah. Group. Like a big distraction, like a big herd. So. Okay. Ben, you sound fucking just like enthralled right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm just listening to you guys <laughs> talk about it. It's I haven't fun. really got anything to say really. I'm really looking forward to it, but like, I'm not going to watch any more trailers or anything. I'm just ready for it now. Oh, I'm going to watch every trailer. I'm going to I'm going to read every spoiler, and I'm still going to yeah, love it. If they gave me the book tomorrow, I'd read it. Yeah, I probably would too, and I'd still love Same the movie. Here. I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> Star Wars uh, is different. Star Wars Bring is totally on. different than everything else, man. I want to know everything, and then going in, it, I I don't know. It, like I I knew going into the Force Awakens that Han was going to die, and I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. It was just, once it happened. It, it happened, and it was still awesome and amazing, and I didn't care. Um, no, I- let's see here. Back to uh, this EW article about Finn and Rose. It goes on to say, Finn and Rose are part of a squad of good guys who head off on a mission to a glamorous location, not Cloud City on the gas giant planet of Bespin this time, but the casino metropolis of Canto Bight on the world of Cantonica. Quote, the whole city is kind of one sort of luxury resort that's been built on this very otherwise abandoned planet, Johnson says. It's like Vegas with aliens, so maybe it's just like Vegas. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be on Canto Bight, an alien, uh, I don't know, Las Vegas kind of. I don't know. I'm interested to see Canto Bight and how they're going to portray this in this film. I, it's going to be interesting. Will there be an alien band singing an alien song <laughs> on Canto Bite? Um, yeah, but I don't think it's going to be like the jazzy kind of shit that we saw on Moss Eisley. I think it'll be more like uh, classy and shit. And I think that's what makes DJ kind of stand out amongst these people. If you guys have seen like the you know the pictures of this, like everybody on Canto Bite kind of looks like they're classy and uh rich and and uh that's what dj kind of just looks like kind of like scummy you know when you look at him but i hear like dj's ship on the outside looks like shit but like once you get on the inside it looks like really nice and really classy and shit i don't know it's gonna be interesting that's That's cool. cool Uh, one of the questions that people ask all the time are like, are we finally going to get to see captain phasma in action? Here's the answer. According to Ryan Johnson, uh, he says, uh, no, (laughs) I'm kidding. That's kind of mean. I'm kidding. He goes, no, he says, uh, (laughs) he does not say it. He says, Gwendolyn Christie is one of my favorite people. 
and you get to see her in action, which I think is going to be really fun. That character is just so damn cool looking. Like, okay, let's see what we can do with her. Let's put her in action and see what happens. So we're going to get to see her fight, and hopefully we're going to get to see her fight along the, you know, alongside the executioner stormtroopers that we've been hearing so much Fine. about. So that'd be cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Feels like they have to they have to apologize at this point, right? They yeah. can't do, do it wrong yeah. two times in a row. Well, and according to like some of those like Entertainment Weekly pictures, like with her mask off, like with the helmet off, we might get to see her take the helmet off in the film. For all we know. Good. Yeah. That's cool. They should do that, you know. As yeah. much of a deal as they made about having a female stormtrooper, it'd yeah. be nice to see her. Yeah. She's been on the path as well. She's like, she's a big deal. Guess who is coming back for episode eight? Jaja. No. Wicket. No. We had a debate George about Lucas. we debated Jake. We debated about this. We debated George about Lucas. this. Frank Frank said yes. This character is going to come back. Uh, Jake, you said no. I don't think we're going to see her again. And I said that she might be in the Han Solo film. She's coming back. It's Maz Kanata. Maz oh, nice. wow. Kanata is coming back in the in uh, since the Force Awakens. She's coming back. She's coming back in the Last Jedi. And Ryan Johnson said she has a smaller part in this than she had in The Force Awakens, but it's a really fun part. And Lapita is so awesome. I'm just happy I got to work with her. This was my first time working with mocap characters and working with characters uh, with actors that way. So he's never worked with mocap before. He says, uh, I feel like I got such an incredible education watching Lapita work. So we're getting more Maz Kanata in The Last Jedi, which... I thought if we're going to get her, we're going to get to see her like in the Han Solo film, maybe get to see like the first meeting of Maz Kanata and Han Solo. Frank said, yeah, she's, I, I can't see you're not coming back. She was a great character. Frank said she's going to come back. And, uh, yeah, it, it just didn't make any sense for me. Like I didn't see how the story continued with Maz Kanata yeah. past episode seven without, uh, Han Solo involved. She's coming back. She's fucking coming back in episode eight. Frank was right. Yeah. So, That's cool. I'm glad he was right. I'm glad he was right, too. I can't wait to see more Maz Kanata. Uh, Entertainment Weekly also talked with Mark Hamill about Episode Eight and his relationship with Kylo Ren and his fall to the dark side. And I was uh, surprised by Mark Hamill's statement. He said, uh, Luke made a huge mistake in thinking that his nephew was the chosen one. So he invested everything he had in Kylo, much like Obi-Wan did with my character, and he has betrayed with tragic consequences. Luke feels responsible for that. That's the primary obstacle he has to rejoining, uh, he has to rejoining the world and his place in the Jedi hierarchy. You know, it's that guilt, that feeling that it's his fault that he didn't detect the darkness in him until it was too late. What I, I'm not surprised that like Luke went into hiding with all this shit. Cause like we talked about that before, Jake, like Luke, Went into hiding. He felt bad for, like, you know, his nephew turning to the dark side. What I am surprised about this is that Luke felt like his nephew was the chosen one. I thought we were past all this chosen one bullshit. Yeah, there must be some reason that he thought that, huh? So storyline-wise, they're going to give him some crazy midi-chlorian count or something, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm, it's interesting. Please don't be midi chlorians. It's not. Nah, they're not. Midi chlorians are dead. They're not bringing that shit up. This this man has no midi chlorians, but yet How he's the most possible? powerful one. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, that is that is shocking stuff. I think Mark Hamill, and you know Mark Hamill too. He's He's always one to throw crazy stuff out there. But, yeah, the stuff he's been saying just about how shocked he's been about some of his characters' decisions that he's made between episode, you know, six and seven yeah. have been pretty interesting. And it's like, geez, what are they what are they doing to Luke? Like, what, what is this Luke that I'm going to see? Yeah, he, I mean, you know, he's he, – I don't know. Mark Hamill is not the guy to ask questions to because, like, he said, uh, you know, people were – assumed that you know he didn't know ray and he said something like well doesn't he know her like i'm paraphrasing but he's he's trolling people because like jj confirmed that when like luke sees ray for the first time on octu that he'd never seen this girl before yeah i it's, it's hard to read between between luke and jj and i'm sure Ryan Johnson is going to do more of the same. It's lot, lots of subterfuge. I think, I think, okay, I think it goes back to like when he says, well, doesn't he know her? I think that it goes back to Anthony Bresnikin's theory that she's a Kenobi. Yeah. That makes the most logic. Mm -hmm. I think she's a Kenobi. I, I agree with Bresnikin here. Anyway, uh, we also found out from uh, Entertainment Weekly that Luke initially rejects training Ray. Um, so she goes there and she's like, you know, I've come here. You're this great Jedi master. And he rejects training her and before he trains her. So, yeah. Yeah. Kind of saw that coming, huh? A little we, bit of it. Yeah. We saw a picture yeah. of a uh, – we talked about these porgs in the past, these little puffins, these little uh, bird-like creatures. We see a porg on the Millennium Falcon with Chewie and uh, – some are doing some speculation of a uh, subplot with Chewbacca and the Porgs, which I uh, yeah. I predicted something <laughs> like this months ago, and you guys didn't like it. You guys didn't like it. I said uh, Chewie's going to come across a Porg. Porg is either going to be injured, or it's going to be baby Porgs, or he's going to he's going to he's going to fall in love with a Porg. And uh, guys, all I'm saying is like, after Han Solo dies, he's going to need some kind of therapy. Th he's going to need like a therapy pet. Yeah, I like it now. I'm 180 on this. Oh, you, like oh, now you are. Now you are. <laughs> but when I first fucking brought it up, you were shitting all over it, Jake. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to 180. You shit Jake. all over it. I was, I said like, you know, he's going to go out there. He's going to go on his own little Chewbacca journey. He's going to walk around. He's going to see like a little, like a little fucking injured pork. And he's going to be like, I'm going to, I'm going to bait, I'm going to nurse this fucking thing back to its health. And he's going to hold it up to his fucking Chewbacca nipple. And he's going to let this thing suckle from his, <laughs> he's going to let it suckle from his Chewbacca nipple until it comes back into health. It's going to be sucking on the sweet Wookiee nipple juices. And it's going to, it's going to, it's going to come back from its injury. And, and he's going to fall in love with this thing. And he's going to use it as a therapy pet after his best friend in the fucking world died. And I talked about this and Jake shit all over it. And now, like and now, like and now. now you see a picture of a porg in the Millennium Falcon, and now you like it. Yeah, pictures change a lot. 
<laughs> no, yeah, I like it. And you're you're right. We've seen like the kid book releases, and we've seen Chewbacca marching with the Forgs and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think you you called this dead on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want some credit where some credit is due, gentlemen. That's all I want. <laughs> Well, I gave it to you, so my part's done. I know I'm fucking with you. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's see. I've also I've read that the I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the the porgs with the orange on their heads are male porgs. That's interesting. Usually, the females get the more color, right? Yeah, that's I've been, I've been hearing from making Star Wars that net. They've been saying that the orange porgs with the orange on their head are the male porgs. So, nice. yeah. I like all the porg news. Yeah, you guys hear about the caretakers <laughs> on Act Two? Yes, caretakers. I heard that. Yeah, there's uh, other characters on uh, Act Two. Ben is just fucking just blown away by all this news. Just having so much <laughs> fun listening, sitting back, saying nothing, and just listening to us ramble on about Star Wars that he doesn't give a shit. I about. don't mind. It's cool. All right, I'm just making. I feel like a dick, just rambling on about it's Star fine, Wars. Guys, honestly, I All just right. don't know much like about what you're talking about. It's so. cool. I it's don't. Even, I don't even know much what I'm talking about, dude. I just, you know what I mean. I haven't seen this fucking movie, so it's all speculation <laughs> to me. But that anyway, sound like you got something right though. Jake did the one eighty. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that's like yeah. That's a that's a chore right there. Um, there's uh we found out about another uh creature that's native to the planet of Octu, the caretakers. Uh caretakers, this is what EW said about them. They're kind of these sort of fish bird type aliens who live on the island. Uh this is what Ryan Johnson said. They've been there for thousands of years and they essentially keep up the structures on the island. The care the caretakers are slightly more anthropomorphic than the porgs. They're animated with a person inside. Uh, Daisy Ridley said a friend played one of them. And they wear clothes and speak an alien tongue. Um, they're all female. And I wanted them to feel like a remote sort of nunnery, Johnson says. Neil Scanlon's crew designed them. And costume designer Michael Kaplan made these working clothes that also reflected sort of a nun-like Spartan sort of existence they can communicate with luke through what johnson describes as a blubbery sort of scottish fish talk but they're (laughs) but they're not thrilled to have him hanging around johnson says they tolerate his presence um the force is connected uh the force is connected with life yoda's world of dagobah was a swamp teeming with flora and fauna and so this ocean world would naturally evolve with beings who are drawn to the sacred place. Johnson said they're amphibious and may have risen up from the seas to tend to the buildings on this craggy archipelago eons ago. I can't say that word. Uh, quote, you got the sense that they did at some point, or maybe they occasionally do return to the sea, but when they... But when we see them, they're land creatures, Johnson said. Uh, they're these big matronly creatures. They have these little skinny, little bird feet. They were really fun to work on set. So we're going to get these uh, little nun amphibian creatures called uh, 
What are they Caretakers. Caretakers. Yeah. These so far out of all the stuff I've seen about episode eight, these are this is the thing I've been the least impressed yeah, with. Yeah, me too. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Not looking for a caretaker action figure anytime soon. I don't it just a a nun like group of aliens that take care of the environment. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds yeah. kinda of boring. Yeah, I'm not blubbery into Scottish accents. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sound, sound like Avatar reject characters or something. Oh. What is going on here? There was also the uh, Star Wars Look and Find books, which, of course, with the Force Awakens, the Look and Find books gave a, a lot of information away. Uh, well, it not gave it. It's not like it gave a lot of information away, but it confirmed a lot of shit from yeah. the Force it gave Awakens. A lot of false trails too. With a lot of the stuff that ended up being nothing. Yeah. But in this, it did confirm that there are creatures, these uh, nine-foot sea monsters that are going to be on this planet of Octu. So I, sh- I showed you the pictures of those, Jake. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So the rumor is that maybe Ray has to fight one. I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. Yeah, we saw it hanging out with a porg in that one picture. Yeah. But- it's looking fine, so things are just placed on the picture. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 I don't want to talk about Jedi cave paintings. No. Let's move on to Praetorian Guards. It's more interesting. God damn it, I got a lot of fucking news left. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Praetorian Guards. What are we talking about here? It's Snoke's personal guards. Yeah. Yeah, talk about those. They look samurai. They're in red. Some of them have different weapons. Uh, Snoke's personal guards. Yeah, we saw pictures of them. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, entertainment. They look samurai. They they might fight in the movie. Uh, we find out D twenty three. There was a sizzle reel, and in that sizzle reel, there was a photo of Daisy Ridley fighting against three warriors. So it could be that she's fighting against these Praetorian guards. I don't know. And uh, yeah. some of them use uh, – Jason Ward from MakingStarWars.net said he's seen a couple of these guards that might be using weapons like nunchucks. Some of them might be using staffs. Um, we find – you know, so Kylo Ren has the Knights of Ren. Snoke has Praetorian guards. I don't know. Jake, I'm, let me throw this theory out to you. Could the Knights of Ren be Praetorian guards? Could, after the events of The Force Awakens – we find out in The Force Awakens that, you know, uh, Snoke says, you know, uh, Kylo Ren, leader of the, uh, of the, of the Knights of Ren. Could, after Kylo gets his ass whooped in, uh, The Force Awakens, could Snoke take his Knights of Ren and turn them into Praetorian guards just to fucking punish him? Could that be part uh, of this? I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Because, like, when you look at the Knights of Ren, when you look at those characters, they all had different weapons and different looks, right? And when you look at the Praetorian Guards, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there as a theory. I have no fucking clue. I like it. It gives some closure to the Knights of Ren, which the more removed from seems like the less we're going to get. Yeah. So I like it. I I wish what you're saying would happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. I just threw it out there as a fucking rumor. Nobody has ever said this rumor. This is 100% my speculation. Um, But, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I was thinking, like, if this is a Kylo Kylo Ren redemption story, it could just be, like, one of the things that add on to the fact that Kylo Ren ends up leaving the First Order. 
I don't know. We'll see. That does make some sense. And on the other hand, you know, if all the Praetorian guards have different weapons and then you still got all the Knights of Ren, that's a lot more figures they're going to be selling. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And how much of these guards are we really going to see? We've already been told that Snoke's going to have an even more reduced role in this movie than he had in Episode 7. Yeah. So if the, unless they're going to be seen a lot independently from Snoke, we're not going to be seeing much of these guys at all. Well, Praetorian Guards is actually, like, that's a Roman term. And, uh, you know, the Romans each, you know, Romans that were in power each had, like, their own, I guess, like, I guess we want to say, like, mini-army. So that's kind of, like, what they're pulling from here. So Kylo might still have the Knights of Ren, and there might still be, like, the Praetorian Guards. And, of course, Phasma would have her executioner stormtroopers. And I don't know. It's just all speculation at this point. Yeah, sounds cool. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it seems like they're really pushing these Praetorian guards, so they got to do something, right? Yeah. Let's talk about Snoke, what we found out from EW about Supreme Leader Snoke. Star Wars fans have exerted immense energy over the past, past few years, creating Snoke theories aimed at unraveling the villain's history. Johnson said The Last Jedi will reveal more about Snoke and his goals, but his history will remain somewhat murky. Quote, Similar to Ray's parentage, Snoke is here to serve a function in the story, and the story is not a Wikipedia page, the filmmaker says. For example, in the original trilogy, we didn't know anything about the Emperor, except what Luke knew about him, that he's the evil guy behind Vader. Then in the prequels, you knew everything about Palpatine, because his rise to power was the story. In The Last Jedi, Johnson says, we'll learn exactly as much about Snoke as we need to. Um... (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I don't need some fucking Snoke is Ezra bullshit. So. No, it makes perfect sense. And I, a lot of times mystery is fucking fun. Like, the more time you spend out, you spend trying to do exposition and explaining mm-hmm. shit that really can murk a movie down. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't need that. Definitely one of those cases where less is more. Right. Yes. I agree. Yes. I agree. Uh,. Who is Ray and who are her parents? According to Entertainment Weekly, we will, we will find out in episode eight. Here's the article by Anthony Bresnikin. The Last Jedi will finally resolve the question that fans have been debating for two years. This article obviously won't spoil anything. The theory I'm holding on to is still this one. And that's a link to Anthony Bresnikin's, um, article where he talks about how Ray is the granddaughter of uh obi-wan kenobi which i fully support that theory so yeah i'm with you on that too it's hard to subscribe to anything else in ew's interview for our cover story on the last jedi writer and director ryan johnson did offer his thoughts on a related question how much does ray's past matter or is this a tangent fans have obsessed over unnecessarily quote this is this is ryan johnson to me, it's important insofar as it's important to her. And I think it's important to her in terms of what is her place in all of this. What's going to define her story? She was told in the last movie that the answer is not in the past. It's looking forward. But she's showing up on this island to talk to this hero from the past. The article then goes on to say, if Ray understands her origin, it can be a map for her future, a guide to avoiding whatever fear or mistakes have come before in that way, Johnson says Ray does not uh, does need to know, and so do we. Uh, quote: You can be told 
the answer is not in the past. But I still, but I think she still has a lingering hope that she's going to find the thing that's going to say, this is where you belong. This is where you are. I think she still holds on to the thought that where she comes from will help define where she's going. Um, Ridley says Ray will ultimately find the answer and discover that it doesn't matter that much. It won't change who she is or at least who she wants to be. She says, uh, this is Daisy Ridley, you can always look for answers, and that doesn't mean that the rest of your life is so easy. It's not like, oh, I know who my parents are, so now everything falls into shape, especially in the Star Wars world. So, um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, I can't see them making like a big deal about this and for her parents to just to be like, uh, they're fucking like moisture farmers on the planet of, uh, you know, fucking Canto Bite or Crate or whatever. I, I can't see that happening. I, I have to feel like she's, uh, I, th- I have to feel like her family's strong in the force. Like if you're going to call these saga films and if these are going to go on, that Ray, her family is strong in the force. I, I, I feel like we're going to find out she's a Kenobi in the next movie. And that's, that's her connection with Luke. And it's going to bring Luke back with his connection of Obi-Wan. And that's going to, I feel like Luke is struggling in this next movie. And I feel like him being able to talk to the granddaughter of Obi-Wan Kenobi, his, his mentor, yet for like for such a short time, I, I, I think this is huge. I, I think it's got to be. She's got to be a Kenobi. Yeah, and it's definitely. It's just how how is that even going to impact her? Well, that's the thing. Like she, she has no connection to the Kenobis. So as a character yeah. arc, it's really only going to impact Luke. That's the only weird thing about it. Well, like we've heard, like she knows about Luke. Like how much. How much does she know about Kenobi? Does she know anything about Kenobi? I feel like, why would she? Well, you know, it's... Yeah. hmm, It's it's interesting. Because I really believe the Kenobi theory, too. But a lot of those quotes that you were reading kind of threw me for a loop there. On the... Like, it seems like they're trying to throw the Kenobi set. Yeah, I agree with that. Ben, talk to us, man. Your 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 fucking name is Ben. Like uh, you should know about Ben Kenobi. Well, see, well, everyone thinks that um, Ben's her dad. Well, no, her uh, grandfather. A grandfather, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't actually heard that theory. It's the first time I've heard it. Really? Like you guys talking about it? Yeah. I thought like. Everyone was talking about she was a Skywalker. Yeah, that's the that's the easy one. That's the easy one that she's uh, Luke's Luke's daughter. Now there was a book that came out um, last year called Bloodline, and in Bloodline we find out that six years before the Force Awakens, Luke is basically training Kylo Ren as mm. as his Padawan. So. Kylo Ren is not even a threat at this point. So why would Luke drop off Rey to Jakku, if that's his daughter, to live with uh, Unkar Plutt? Maybe, maybe he got like, a bad feeling that something was going to happen. Yeah, I'm not buying it, man. I'm not buying it. I'm thinking that I'm thinking that she's the granddaughter. I'm thinking that she's the granddaughter of. Uh, 
of uh, Kenobi, and I don't know why they would drop her off on Jakku. That's still a mystery to me. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's looking likely. Like the evidence is like there. Well, the evidence is there because like they haven't really done anything. Like we've seen in the comic books, they've done a lot of stories about Vader. They've done a lot of stories about like we're getting a Captain Phasma comic. We're getting a, we got a Poe Dameron comic. We've got all these different comics that are coming out from Marvel. But has Marvel announced anything about Ben Kenobi? Anything about Obi Wan Kenobi? No, they've kind of like they've announced nothing about any Obi Wan Kenobi comics. Um, except yeah, it's like for characters off yeah. limits, and it has to be for a reason. Yeah, except for Anakin and Obi Wan, which is prequel era. Stuff, exactly. So they, exactly. Yeah. They've yeah, done they've yeah. done nothing with the Obi Wan character post episode, you know six three. Uh, yeah, yeah. Post episode three, excuse me. Yeah. So I thought it was just meant to be the Skywalker saga, and it would make more sense. Right? Yeah, Skywalker. Exactly. There's the argument for that too. Like there's the and, argument for that too. And what I would say to you, Ben, is that if they wanted to do a Kylo redemption story, we could see we could see them ship. Ray and Kylo as a couple. That could happen. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I and then when we do 10, 11, and 12, they got more Skywalkers. Right. They could. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. It's like we find out from, like, quotes from Entertainment Weekly that Ray doesn't understand, like, why Kylo would kill his father. She doesn't know her parents. So she's like, why in the hell would you kill your parents? Like, I, I would love to know who my parents are. Like, how could you yeah. – you, you know who your dad is. How the hell could you kill him? And here's this guy who knows who his dad is, and she's met his father, and she really enjoyed her time with Han Solo, and he kills yeah, the guy. Han was probably the closest thing to a father she'd had. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, it's like, it's it's kind of a stretch. Like, how are we going to get there? Like, if we do get there, let's say we get the redemption story of Kylo Ren. How are we going to get a love story between Kylo Ren and Rey after he's done something so nefarious as to kill his father? Star Wars can yeah. do it, though. I mean, if yeah. if, if anything, you can, never know. Yeah, and you could still have the redemption story with Kylo, yeah. and have him have offspring to keep the Skywalker saga going without shipping Rey and Kylo too. That's true. That's true. You could do the redemption of Kylo. He could meet somebody completely different. And yeah, it is a little convenient to have like this perfect cocktail of a, uh, offspring (laughs) that has, that, that is a Kenobi and a Skywalker to keep both of them going, you know? (laughs) Now you're the most powerful person that's ever had the force. I mean, think about it. Like you've got, (laughs) you've got Kenobi DNA and you've got Skywalker DNA. Like that is wow. Hold on. That you've got to be the chosen one, right? So like we've got more chosen one stories coming at us when you've got the offspring of like, Ray Kenobi and Kylo Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm. And you've got some fucking uh, Han Solo sperm in there, too. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Just have an orgy and throw Maz Kanata in there, too. Yeah. Why not have... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, Maz. Let's get some fucking... Yeah, no shit. 
sound. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh. What do you think the deal with Snoke's gonna be? Do you think it's gonna be a disappointment? I don't I don't care. Who? Snoke? Snoke. Snoke. Yeah, Snoke. I don't care. It can be like the Emperor to me. It can just be like a mystery. I don't see why like why we have to have an answer to every fucking question. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's only three movies they can connect the dots to, so they, they can't just connect the dots forever. They have to come up with original concepts and ideas, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. I would just like Snoke to be Snoke. Like, he does not yeah. have to be somebody from, like, the past. Um, like if we find out in like a novel or a comic book, like where Snoke came from, I'm fine with that. I really don't care. I, I'm fine with Snoke just being Snoke. Yeah. And if we're going to find out more about him, let's just find out more about this character that isn't, wasn't anyone previously known. Yeah. You know, I like what you said, Brian, how in, you know, in the original movies, the emperor is just the emperor and it wasn't until the prequels that we fleshed out that character. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I'd be fine with that kind of thing here too. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I got for you guys. This week sucked. This episode fucking sucked so much. It was so <laughs> crappy. <laughs> it got better. No, it didn't. Yeah, there were there were good parts. It, it was low taste it. A low oh. taste it. Very low taste it episode. No, no. it's a solid. <laughs> it's a solid taste it. Oh wow! Yeah, there, there you go, listeners. You got your solid taste it episode. Enjoy. Suck solid it up. Taste. Suckle it up. Just like uh, pork sucking on fucking Chewbacca's nipples. Enjoy this episode. <laughs> how many? How many nipples do Wookies have? Seven. Seven. Full of them. Shit, Seven. Question. Seventeen. Seventeen nipples. Seventeen. Seventeen. Where's the odd one land? Yeah, the odd one is weird. Oh yeah, it's that Mark Wahlberg nipple. You've heard like uh, you've heard Mark Wahlberg had three nipples, right? What <laughs> I have heard that. Yeah, there's the rumor out there that Mark Wahlberg had three nipples. I had a buddy named I had a buddy named Adrian, and he claimed to me that his sister had sex with Mark Wahlberg before he got famous, and Mark Wahlberg had a third nipple. That's what his sister told him, and then I found it out on the internet that it was like a rumor on the internet. So I think it's true. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She this is like a waiver. The third nipple waiver. I don't care. I, I've been drinking, so I don't give a shit. I'm throwing it all out there tonight. That's I'm not. Funny. I'm not sign. I didn't sign no NDA about Mark Wahlberg's nipple. So I'm gonna. <laughs> no, you're in the clear. I'm in, the, in clear. the clear. You can say whatever you want. My buddy named Andrew Garfield might tell Mark Wahlberg. He still listens, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, Andrew Garfield. That was fucked up, dude. That was really fucked up. Yeah, there was a there was a dude for like one week. There was no hold on. There was one week where somebody named Andrew Garfield liked our page, Pop Culture Leftovers, and then the next week I said Andrew Garfield listens to this podcast. Jake said fuck Andrew Garfield, blah 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 blah. The next week Andrew Garfield leaves. He unlikes the page. <laughs> God, I hope I, I hope that. Andrew Garfield for real heard me say fuck Andrew Garfield on the left page. That's put that shit on my fucking gravestone when I die. That's amazing. Oh yeah. man. But I think uh I think it's pretty safe to say that uh Mark Wahlberg had three nipples at one time and that Wookiees have seventeen. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. You live and learn. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, yeah, I want to <coughs> oh, excuse me, guys. I want to thank uh, Joe Stark for joining us this episode and Ben Ryan for joining us. Uh, I feel Pretty bad sad. for Ben because we had shit news this week. I feel like a fucking Sorry. dickhead. Yeah, I, I loved it. It was it was really really fun. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> oh my god. No, seriously. Solid tasting. Ah, uh, we'd be all, we'd all be better off fucking like laying in bed, going to sleep right now, right? Oh, I don't <laughs> disagree with that. Joe Stark, where can more people listen to you? Uh, check me out on Starkcast uh, for long form conversation. I have lots of different guests on. We just talk about whatever comes up. Uh, the show's pretty, pretty, pretty loose. Uh, it's always a fun time. And uh, if you want to hear comic book. Uh, news and discussion in an incredibly juvenile form. Uh, check out me and Jordan from the Supercast on the Comic Cast. Absolutely. Yeah. I listen to the Supercast every week. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I've only listened to a couple episodes of the Comic Cast. I need to catch up on that shit. I'm an asshole. So. No, it's all good, dude. We're still, we're still finding our groove. We're still working on getting some more bumpers and yeah. stuff put up. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That one started out as a show every week and now it's more every second or third week that yeah i think that's the problem right there is like every yeah. second or third yeah i mean i think you guys should just be like you know what we're gonna commit to just like chewbacca's nipples we're gonna come out every 17 days you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I, you know i let me end it on this you know this episode has been kind of like lackluster but let me end it on this i was thinking about this earlier in the car today i'm driving around I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, you know how teenage boys get, you turn 12, you turn 13, and you, you figure out, you know, like the whole, like, uh, you find out, you, you figure out your plumbing and shit, and you, you know, you learn about masturbation and shit. Do you think, you think Superman, when he was Clark Kent, little Clark, when he was fucking teenage Clark, how did Superman get away with masturbating? Did he masturbate? Could he masturbate? Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, ben. yeah he had to have been able to. Yeah, but hold on, hold on. Okay, so you're Clark Kent. You know, you're in the bathroom. You got the door locked. Martha's downstairs and shit. All right, you're rubbing. <laughs> okay, you're rubbing one out, right? Okay, you're about to climax, right? Boom, you fucking climax. The shit goes off. It's like a shotgun, though, right? So like you like, aren't you like putting a hole in your wall at yeah, that point? Yeah, that could be true. Maybe okay. maybe in Kryptonian culture. Self pleasure isn't taboo. Maybe because of the dangers of self pleasure, everyone's fully educated on it, and they have ways around blowing holes in the wall. No, no, I'm, no. Uh, yeah, maybe if you're fucking under a fucking like, uh, you know, the Kryptonian sun. But when you come onto maybe our planet, when you come onto our planet on a yellow sun. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. We're talking about teenage Clark. Yes. No, if he's on yeah. his planet and he's jerking off, that's totally fine. Whatever, dude. But like when oh, you yeah. come down to Earth and shit and you're under a yellow sun and you're a Kryptonian, that's going to blow a hole in your fucking wall, right? Yeah, Can you imagine I bet the- that's exactly when they had the birds and the bees talk. I'm sure Pac can't <laughs> fix them, fixed a lot of holes in the wall, not just for <laughs> sperm shots. Um. I've actually spent some time thinking about this recently because of the different DC books I read. Mm-hmm. And right now in Rebirth, uh, uh, Clark and Lois have got a son, uh, Superboy, John Kent. And so then that took me back 
to Jason Lee and Marat saying he's got to blow a load like a shotgun yes. right through her back. Yes, yes. And it's like, well, if if they had a kid in the comics, that means, you know, I I, I think in porn they call that a blubber. <laughs> if it just kind of <laughs> ekes out rather than having some spectacular blow. I heard that listening to Jim Jeffries, by the way. I'm not doing weird porn research. <laughs> Put that out there. I wouldn't judge you if you were. No, I wasn't judging. I. Yeah, it's it, a safe space. I oh, trusted on. you telling it to me like it was your fact a lot more than when you cited it to someone else. No, see, the thing is, like, you can't. Okay, okay. So, like, let's say, like, you know, Clark does this the first time. You know, he goes, he goes in the bathroom, he locks the door. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the west wing of the house is gone. He just blows it up, right? <laughs> and, like, you know, Paul Kent is like, whoa, whoa. All right, let's have this talk about the birds and the bees. And you can't be doing this anymore. And he and Clark agrees. So, all right. So Clark is probably, like, doing this shit in the woods and, like, blowing. Like, he, he, he probably made the Grand Canyon for all we know, okay? So <laughs> he, he's like, he's, yeah. But if he has a wet dream, right? You know Clark yeah. had a wet dream, right? About he's I, he's thinking about Lana. I, he's thinking about Lana. He you know he's thinking, like there's that one day where he's on the bus. It's a bumpy bus ride. Lana was wearing the short skirt that day, right? He's thinking about Lana on the way home on the bus. He starts to get hard and shit, and he's like, no, 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 I can't. I got I remember what Paul said, and I can't do this. And he goes to bed, and he goes to bed with a raging heart on, falls asleep. You know he has a fucking wet dream that night. He, at least he's got to have a wet dream. He's got to fucking if, – if Superman has a wet dream, I'm surprised, like, the whole neighborhood isn't gone. <laughs> so he's got to be careful about what direction. He, like, he's got to always sleep on his back on the top floor. Yeah, yeah. I, it's fun to think about, but the more the more we talk about it and dissect it, the more I think it's it's probably a non-issue, right? He probably just ejaculates like a normal person. Like the fact that he's had kids with Lois proves it. I think at this point, right? Yeah. So it's just not as fun to discuss, though. It's not as fun, but I think he was. <laughs> I think he. I think he probably his superpowers let him fucking ejaculate like a hundred times a night more than oh, it man. like was blow, blowing holes you're in taking, the You're taking all the fun out of it. You're talking about a guy that can punch doomsday. I don't know. Being able to ejaculate a hundred times in a night doesn't sounds like it could be kind of fun. A hundred times in a night? Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. Well, if you want to think about which, which hero could probably, you know, is the best in the bedroom, the Flash can make any part of his body vibrate. Oh, he's got to be the most sought-after lover. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like he's doing it for like the other – like the ladies love him because he's a generous what about, lover. What about Mr. Fantastic? Like, that's oh, got to be some good him. stuff too, right? I'm I'm back. I'm I'm with Flash. He's, he's vibrating shit. I'm that sure Reed one. can make something that would make him vibrate just the same. And he could – Push that shit oh yeah, that's romantic. Hey, honey, I made something. Might as well just hand her a dildo and leave for the night. <laughs> just say you could just make it shaped like one of those bunny ones. Or <laughs> what's, what's romantic about not even seeing the Flash move? <laughs> I don't know. Like it's not. It's none of it is. None of it is. Like Doctor Manhattan made multiple Doctor Manhattans and was making love to that chick. So 
And she hated that. I don't know. What the fuck are we talking she about? She wasn't a fan. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm done. Jake, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done, too. Thank yeah. you, Joe. Thank you, Ben. Joe, thanks for laughing at my Saving Private Ryan joke. Oh, you got it, buddy. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on, guys. This was fun. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Ben, thank you for joining us. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. All right, guys. And just like all, yeah, we're taking, are we taking next week off? Yes, next week we're off. Thank God after this week. Um, and just, <laughs> just like all, <laughs> <laughs> If if, if 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 a week without me is too much, you can catch me on Wrestling Jabronis. We'll uh, still be doing an episode next God. week. Yeah. Oh God. I uh I won't be doing shit next week. I might I no, I might be trying to do I might be doing a uh Star Trek episode with Rebecca. So let's see. Oh, nice. <laughs> Are you guys gonna be in the new show? Are they that hard up for people? Huh? No, not Discovery. Just we're doing oh. uh, the old uh the original series. Oh, okay, cool. You hear that? You hear that? Uh, what's her name? Sonequa Martin Green. She's going to be playing uh, Spock's adopted sister. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how prequelitis, Star Trek bullshit. Can't wait. I, I was looking forward to it until that news. So whatever. <laughs> all right. All right, just like all good leftovers say in the doggy bags, thank you for listening. Thank you for your patronage. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. That are original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and the shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. Pop culture, leftovers. Pop culture, leftovers. Pop culture, leftov
love it, hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover, and the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftover Pretty sure the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers